gone round two, two of uh, vegan donuts, which I fully appreciate. Everyone yeah. taking advantage of the donuts for yeah. our Breakfast of Champions yeah, of here. But uh, just uh, we'll just kind of get going and, and get rolling, stay casual. Sure. But today we've got we've got Klaus in the studio, Klaus Grabke, and we've got his son Finn along today. Uh, Hi guys. Yeah, hey. this is uh, next episode. We're moving right along, and we're super excited to have Klaus and his family here. We got lucky with you guys being in town and being in the states. So. Uh, We've got Bo Brown here co-hosting as well, and we've Howdy. got a few bullet points, and we'll just sort of uh, yeah. uh, get to chatting. Well, I want to tell you guys up front, this is going to be a love fest. Uh, Klaus is my old teammate, and without any hyperbole, Klaus is seriously one of the best people I've ever known. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, family becomes family through either blood or the people you choose to be part of the family, and the Grabkeys have definitely been part of my family for shit most of my life now. Yeah, awesome. So we're here today to just talk shit, <laughs> get caught up, and ask a lot of questions that I've known for a lot of years. I think I've known for a lot of years, but I just want to... Get well, deeper. I want to get deeper in get some deep. of these. Yeah, going to get deep. I will kick them off the same way, but obviously we, you know, the best place to start is... How'd you get into skating? When did you start skating? And what drew you to skateboarding? Right, and that's an interesting one <clears throat> with me because obviously, first of all, hi everybody and thank you everybody here at Madrid Skateboards for having me. And this is awesome. Um, it's, a, it's a weird little story because I'm from Germany. I'm not from Southern California. It's not like I saw people skate down the sidewalk and I'm thinking, oh, I'll have that. Um, the actual truth is I've, my cousin Jochen, that's an actual name. Um, <laughs> Jochen and I were always doing things together. And we were kind of inventors a little bit. We, you know, made our own little styrofoam planes and stuff. Like, we made up games. We didn't just play soccer. We made it, turned it into something else, made some different rules for it. And one day found an old ro roller skate and sat on it and rode down the little local hill. There's a little school right where I live, and there's a very tiny little hill. And we, we thought it was the funnest thing in the world. The thing fell apart into two halves. Yeah. Like, what do we do now? And he's like, let's nail it to a board. So we nailed it to a board. The nail sticking through on the other <laughs> side, all dangerous. We wouldn't like push. We'd jump onto the thing and then go down the hill. Now, oh did, you, did you come to nailing it on a board on your own? This is before you even like saw a skateboard? It's like, either one of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With uh, Jochen and I, we always had cool ideas. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to say who's the first one to say, let's nail it. Yeah. Maybe, and Finn, you will agree, my go-to technique would always be to duct tape it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking because duct tape, as we know it, wasn't a thing in Germany at the yeah, time. Right. We had the more like the painter's tape, which sure. is a, right, right. a much softer and it yeah. tears easy. So yeah. probably this one, although I duct taped everything back then, but yeah. this one, I think maybe the nails were my idea. Yeah. And we just nailed it onto the board, like a, a like a, a swing board. Yeah. That we had a, the swing fell apart. We still had the bo the board off. Wow. It. Looked pretty good actually. And uh, later we we glued some carpet on top because we didn't like the nails sticking out. Sure. And soft grip tape. A week later, and we're riding on this thing, like sitting on it, standing yep. on it. We didn't do much on it, sure. honestly. But then a week later, on German television, there's a and we have at the time we had three public uh, uh, broadcast services. Yeah. So first program, second program, third program. 
And on the second one, every Saturday night was a big sports program. And every, like a hundred, like 90% of all people watched that program. And the Banzai skateboard team of Germany, uh, led by a guy called Lulu Magnus, he was the importer for Banzai and a couple of other American brands. And they had in full team attire with the Banzai team shirt. There's four guys who I later got to meet, but they were like my first idols. Michael Wolf was one of them, Thomas Klan. Those are the two that I remember. They were on that sports program. What year was this, would you say? Uh, 77. Late 70s. It just skateboarding was had not yet hit. Mm -hmm. It was hitting after that show in mm -hmm. Germany. So they were doing tic-tacs, mm -hmm. tic-tacking. Mm -hmm. like, what, what are they doing? <laughs> they don't even need to jump on uh -huh. the board. They're riding it as is. They had a little, not a quarter ramp, just a, almost like a slalom ramp, and mm -hmm. they would go up right. and do a kick turn, like halfway right. up. Just like a wedge ramp. Yeah, like all like early stuff. One dude was doing a handstand on the board. And my cousin and I are looking at each, each other like, they stole our thing. <laughs> what are they doing? Right? Over the next, so we got like, we, we were hyped. We're like, yeah, yeah this that is was awesome. That was the moment. That yeah, was ev the... Well, everyone got hyped. It yeah. was, a, a, it, and that's what it was in those days. It was a big hype. It was like hula hoop or, or playing a yo-yo or something. Right. These hypes came in and went after a couple of months. Yeah, right. But with skateboarding, what happened is also within the next month, there was a movie that came out, and that Banzai team was, there's a part in the movie where the kid who's a star in the movie goes to like a city fest, mm -hmm. and the Banzai team is doing a show. Wow. So yeah. they put like some rad rock music under it, like yeah, 70s yeah. style. And they're doing the same thing that they did, you know, handstands and the kick turn halfway up. and. Yeah. And, and so, and then other programs, that's, they showed like, I think Skateboard Fever, is that a film that someone yep. made? Yeah, 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 they showed part of it. And I, with a Super 8 camera, because he didn't have video recorders, I, I filmed you it off filmed the screen because I knew yeah. someone said tomorrow there's a thing on skateboarding yeah. on this program in the it's afternoon. Pre-VCR, pre- so uh, I, like, uh, I still have Tebow, those films. Had bootleg wow. And they're talking yeah. about skateboarding, et cetera. But that's, that's kind of how I started. So we still had these self-made boards, and we made about four different ones, which I think set me up in a good way to working on my own decks. Yeah. Not that I made any good ones then, but I realized that it takes a lot to get a good skateboard yeah. done. And yeah. I wasn't doing anything what you guys are doing here, but... But you're rolling make, up your sleeves and I doing bought it yourself. better roller skates yeah. mm -hmm. that are easier to take apart. <clears throat> I used screws instead of nails. We had the local uh, wood shop cut them out for us, the shape that I had cut out was almost like a coffin shape with two wings. I thought I could hold on to the wings yeah. going oh down. Gosh. The things you know that became a, a board in the eighties, by the way. It I, did I become, and it looked similar. It looked similar. And then some car drove yeah. over the board, and it broke, and I was in tears. And yeah. but that's the early days. And the the next big step, I think, is my brother comes home, and he was a part of this first skateboarding stuff a little bit. He's older than me. And he's like, the local sports shop has a skateboard in the window. And it was a green, I don't even know what brand, like one of the cheap plastic band, brands that came out. And it was 80 Deutschmark. We didn't have the money. And my brother and I stole the money from my mother's purse. <laughs> it's probably the only thing I ever stole yeah. in my life. Yeah. But we did. We just, and there was like a rush. Like I felt a... My, my heart was beating right, right. hard. It was like, we need this board. That's what stealing does. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not about the stealing, yeah, about okay. the actual thought of oh, having okay. this board because right. it's, it looked so good. Yeah. It's a green uh, plastic board with green open ball bearing wheels oh and gosh, the mini yeah. trucks. The 77, go <clears> figure. <throat> yeah. And so we had those boards. 
and later told our mom she was fine sure. with it. Yeah, I have yeah. a fantastic relationship with my parents, yeah. so don't worry about it. But that's kind yeah. of the very beginning of it. Well, so for those of us in the States or maybe the, the geographically challenged, where was this? Where did you grow up? This in, is in, in, in to... a little town called Gütersloh mm-hmm. in Germany. It's the belly button of Germany. So what I need to tell you about it is this. When people from America think about Germany, they often think about southern Germany. Mm-hmm. They've seen the Lederhosen. They've heard mm-hmm. about the Oktoberfest. They see the fancy castle. Um, yeah. um, is it called Schloss Schwanstein, which is what Disney modeled his big mm-hmm. Cinderella castle yeah, off. Okay. They see the Alps. Sure. That's that's what they think. Yeah. It's a very small and fancy part of Germany. Yeah, yeah. And like ninety percent of all Germans are the ex- extreme opposite of all yeah. of that. <laughs> in my in my city, there's it's flat. There's farmland. We don't have a fancy lake. Our castles are fortresses and not castles. So yeah. they're like square yeah. with, with holes to put like guns through yeah. or cannons yeah. or whatever. The castle we have locally is from fourteen hundred. Wow. You know, take Americans there, and they, they expect the Cinderella castle, yeah, but they're yeah. like, what's this? It's a rock. I'm like, that's a castle. So what's the closest major metropolitan area to, to uh, where it's you the, grew up? It's the industrial area yeah. of Germany called yeah. the Ruhrgebiet. Okay. And so the closest bigger city would be something like Dortmund. Mm-hmm. which Club if to the, Münster. Club yeah, to Munster. Somewhere between Cologne and Berlin. I guess okay. that's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. But it is truly the belly button of Germany. Yeah. It's right in the middle. So we're almost dialect-free, although we like to think we are, but we're really yeah. not. Yeah. Um, I can tell people from my area immediately. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, that's what we're from. So like many people who are listening in that are not from California, mm-hmm. we have extreme weather changes mm-hmm. over the year. Mm-hmm. We have strong winters. We have mediocre summers sure. and, and lame whatever other seasons you have. Um, so skating in the garage or skating yeah. in anything, you know, with a, with a roof over you is definitely something we yeah. have to do. So how did you get to a point where, okay, you, you, you know, you've started to build your own boards. You've started to become aware of skateboarding. Where were you getting information, like uh, whether mm. it's magazines, publications? You said you mentioned the TV program, but how were you learning more about skateboarding as it started to obviously get bigger and bigger in the early 80s? Very interesting, because I think that particular question is also the reason why I am who I am, Um, because it wasn't accessible. It wasn't Mm -hmm. there. It wasn't in my face. It wasn't like I couldn't ask a kid on the street. I had my cousin pretty soon dropped out of the skateboarding thing. So did my brother. I met my friend Uli, who rode for Madrid Skateboards, Mm -hmm. and he had been, believe it or not, skating for one and a half years longer than I have, because his father got him aboard in Biarritz, which is down southern France. Sure, yeah, yeah. And they had mm-hmm. easier access to the surf culture. So he had like yep. a long board, still has it. Really? Wow. And so I'm alone on the schoolyard, no one's skating with me, and this guy, he's very tall. A giant. A giant. <laughs> yeah. A giant comes skating from the bottom of the hill up, and I'm like, who is that? <laughs> what is that skateboard? Because I had a plastic board, right. and he had a wooden board yeah. that almost looked like a taper kick because it had the, the okay. weird little layers of right, different right. colored the, wood yeah. and like white clay wheels. It was a board from 1968 oh, wow. that he has wow. that his father bought at some surf shop. Yeah. So I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Um, must have been like flea meeting Anthony Kiedis or something like that. Like, <laughs> right. hello, soul brother. Where yeah, have right, you been right, all this exactly, time? Yeah. I like this thing. And he's like, yeah, I, I've had it for one and a half years, but no one's skating. So, mm-hmm. And then we started skating together. There was another friend, but for the longest time, it was the three of us. And your question about the information, we didn't have any mm-hmm. unless TV was showing something. Yeah. Right. And soon the TV coverage in Germany turned from 
this is a great new sport from America to this is dangerous for the kids right. in our country. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't really have anything. I had mainstream media reporting mm. on skateboarding. Yeah. So Ty Page and mm. Russ Howell, who were always in these videos, became my first role models. Mm -hmm. Although maybe here not a lot of people would say that these guys were role models because no. they're looking at Tony Alva, but he was never in those yeah first things that I saw. Sure. I saw right. the black yellow tracksuit. Right, yeah. right. Ty Page and the locks right. and, yeah. and the 360s yeah. and Russ right. doing the handstands. And that's what we modeled ourselves after. Um, what the first actual information came from an outside source that I hadn't expected. But here's a little history lesson. In, in a couple of a couple of words, the Germany started and luckily lost the Second World War. Mm -hmm. My hometown had an airport called the Adolf Hitler Airport, Jeez. right? My area after the Second World War, Germany was divided into four parts, mm -hmm. British part, American part, Russian part, and French part. Yeah. We were in the French part, uh, I'm sorry, in the English part. Okay. So that airport became the Master Barracks, the RAF airport. It's gone now, but it was for the longest time. So a lot of Brits were stationed in my hometown. Mm -hmm. My father comes back one day, he knows we're skating and stuff. And he's like, I saw about 20 kids skateboarding <laughs> down at Bultmann Street, which is where most of the Brits lived, okay. in like these, what they call barracks. I'm like, really? So I didn't know a word of English. I was young, 13 or something. We ride our skateboards down there. We meet 20 kids, all Brits, skating mm -hmm. in this like roundabout sort of thing, blocked off for traffic. Dead End Street. Dead End Street. Yeah. Uh, and they're all skating there. Girls looking on, and, and it was a scene. I was like, what's going on? My friend and I looking at each other, what's going on? So we're skating with them. And the language, I didn't speak the language, but skateboarding was the language. Right, they would show us right. a thing. I would show them a thing. And they had magazines. The yeah. Brits had caught on to skateboarding earlier than the Germans. So they had right. like a couple of skateboarding was one of them, uh, Skateboard UK, whatever. And they had this one kid, um, Ian Smith. He had, he had a bunch of skateboard mags. I couldn't read English yet or yeah. anything, but I was flicking you through, and the there was pictures. all, yeah. see the, all the pictures yeah. and the various manufacturers, all the things I never knew. Yeah, Never knew what Sim Skateboards was. Right. But here they are, mm -hmm. looking good. Yeah, Logan Ersky, what the hell, you know? And then they had their own, uh, 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 what's it called, ben, Benji Boards? I think Benji, Benji, Benji Boards. Benji Boards. Yeah, yeah, that was they a, had their own companies, UK. and so the British kids had them. We had access to these boards because they were with the army and they could order that stuff without any local taxes yeah, or whatever. Right. So yeah, yeah. you'd buy like some of their used boards. But through them, I, I was first introduced to that part of skateboarding, which, as you know, is a very important part. Sure. You all get almost get high on a new product or something. You right. see yeah. another skater. Oh, that's what you, oh, he's wearing a headband. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. You know, or you see a certain board and. It's also it also introduced me to uh, Surrey Skateboards. Okay. They had they were selling boards and things and everything skateboarding, pretty much worldwide. Although probably didn't have a lot of worldwide customers, but I became one of their customers. Yeah. Well, they were uh, a, a, UK a UK mail mail order mail order yeah. mail order. So they had like a photocopied little thing. It didn't have much pictures, but Kryptonics seventy millimeter red. Right. One pair, wow. please, to my door. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, you would get it. But the guy who shipped it, because there was so few people skating at yeah. the time and really meant it, 
because it had died already as a fa- as a fad. Is that a word? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what was left was just people who really meant it and loved yeah. it. Yeah. So the guy working there, I wish I remembered his name, but he started writing longer letters about this is what's happening in London right cool. now. Yeah. Um, this guy got picked up by that company, whatever. This guy, Tony Alva's in town. He's doing a couple of TV appearances. Wow. Like, oh, cool. So you ordered your first stuff there. Yeah. But th- so that is, I would say, what you asked me is how did you get that information? First of all, by really being open for mm-hmm. it and looking for it and finding it in the weirdest places. You had to put in the legwork back then, put a little more energy into it. Yeah, they also sent me my first copy of Skateboarder Magazine. Yeah. It was just, I didn't order it. It just, he's like, I want you to have this. Yeah, that's awesome. So every word in that magazine, I wasn't even good at English yet, but I was like, oh my God. And then you look up like, what does gnarly mean? (laughs) And gnarly is a branch of a tree as gnarly. Right, right. But why are they calling that trick gnarly? And then you, oh, it's probably... They used that word to do something else with it, and yeah, you yeah. learn. That's but awesome. I absorbed all of that. Yeah. It was 100% of my life was that. Yeah. And trying to get every information I could possibly get about this amazing amazing thing, skateboarding. Are we about two years into this at this yeah, point? Yeah, pretty years much. In? Pretty yeah. much. This yeah. is before the local skate shop actually opened. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the sports shop that I bought the first plastic board from has a part in my history later, but yeah. for the time being, once the fad died, once the skateboarding trend, whatever died, it was also not to be found in that sports shop sure. anymore. Yeah, they were yeah. selling the tennis rackets sure. and the yeah. football. And they, I, I'm talking the actual football, not <laughs> yeah, your yeah, football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the real football. World, world football. World football. Actual yeah, yeah. football. We know when, uh, yeah, we, we, we've spoken to enough that we, we understand what you mean when you yeah, say yeah. football. Yeah. <laughs> so, we don't believe you, but we yeah. know. I, no, I, I believe you because I have zero interest in sports, so I'll take soccer over football. It's no, yeah, and, and I don't, but I used to go in and out of that sports shop hoping yeah. they would have a new skateboard or something yeah. uh, just, just to look at because you would try anything. Sure. You know, all of a sudden there's a fiberglass board. It's a cheap one. It's not yet a good one, right? The first good ones that yeah. I saw were all through Surrey Skateboards. I can't stress enough how much Surrey Skateboards meant for me in the beginning. because awesome. and, and they don't know. They wouldn't know sure. because what do they know? I much later, and I'm, I'm skipping now, but I'm going, yeah. we're going right back. But much later, actually went to Surrey Skateboards. Mm. I had met Shogo Kubo at Rolling Thunder oh, well, Skate Park oh in God. London. Wow, cool. This is about a year later. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, oh my God! He was riding the triplane board. Yeah, but right. To this day, no one can make a board like that. No, Docktown tried and they failed. Now right. I talked to Jim about it, <laughs> and he's riding that board with the graphics on top and the clear tape, yeah, uh, yeah. rip mm-hmm. tape on it. Right. And Shogo was my first American pro that I ever saw. Nice. Rolling Thunder had a long half pipe, like a block long, it seemed like, and he was just carved grinding. And so I went to Surrey Skateboards the next day. Tracker magnesium trucks, whatever. Um, that board, his board, mm-hmm. had pizza grip put in place, wow. like you did, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was super soaked. Even then, I didn't say, "Oh, by the way, I've been riding you guys forever." Yeah. But but let's go back to wherever that other stuff happened. But yeah, sorry, yeah. skateboards, big big source of information. And you just mentioned it briefly, but you said prior to the local shop opening. So so when did you guys get a true skate shop opening? In right. Your, this was area. at the same time when we also got our first German skateboard magazine. Mm. Another thing I can't stress enough. It's called, a magazine just called Skateboard. Mm-hmm. And it's done by the guy who imported Banzai skateboards, okay. Lulu Magnus. So he had everything in place. He had his team. He, he did like contests and stuff. You could like go to 
whatever contests all of a sudden. I didn't yet, but like they were out there. And he reported on them in the magazine, right? Mm -hmm. So that started, and my mother, I think, said, there's a skate shop in Bielefeld, which is the next big city. My hometown, at the time, had 80,000 inhabitants, and now has about 100, maybe? Yeah, we're, mm. we're a big city now. We're a big city now. <laughs> Germany's smallest big city. Yeah. yeah. And, and Bielefeld has a million or How so. How far from uh, 16 town? kilometers, so 10 miles. Okay. It's a train you ride. You can skate there. I mean, really. Nah, really. <laughs> uh, it's a five-minute train ride. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, that's a transportation of those days sure. for me. And I went, and it, they had everything. Everything. I mean, I to this day know how red kryptonics smell yeah. or van shoes or whatever. They yeah. had it all. They had the wow. Gullwing trucks and the GNS boards and the bow rider models and what they had everything. And they did that just blow your mind at the it time? Totally was it totally did. Like and walking into the I, candy we, store, we I hung remember out the, yeah. way too long. Yeah, we had like the guys at some point, you're like, you've been here for five hours, dude. Yeah. Are you buying anything? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he just, became soaking it in. He's a good friend to this day. And yeah. the guy who ran the shop later moved to London, moved into a place with Yoko Ono and Sean Lennon. Wow. He became a big advertising guy, made mm. ad big adverts for Mercedes-Benz and BMW wow. and whatnot. <coughs> he is, when you see him, an amazing guy. He looked like he once came to see me at the studio in winter. He had a very long coat, like Dracula-type coat. <laughs> Very long white hair and was coming in the wind and to me he's like, hey, I just wanted to say hi real quick. He's amazing. But he, they had the store and it was a ski, surf, and skateboard store. Interesting. But I want to say three-quarter of it was skateboarding. Yeah. They had a big, like, and they also had the big uh, skateboard club, the mm -hmm. Bielefeld, Erster Bielefelder Skateboardverein. It's what it's called oh, in German. Yeah. First Bielefeld Skateboard I, I Club. I assumed, yeah. They had practice twice a week. Really? Once, once in a parking garage and once at a, a bike track that uh, has, like, bank walls on the side. Oh, wow. Oh, the one that's wow. still there? Yeah, the one that's still out there. So cool. twice a week, my mom would drive me to Bielefeld for skateboard practice. Wow. Yeah, that's and awesome. And they, in 77, also <laughs> had the first, 78, I'm sorry, 78, they had the first Bielefeld championships i didn't know what to make of it i didn't i couldn't see where am i in all of this but i wanted i won slalom freestyle and got second in high jump got really? the overall thing and was picked up by calypso skateboards who are basically skf who you right. heard of bearings yeah. uh, ball bearing company out of germany and this they your first first contest just right out it's of my the first gate. contest second place Sponsored. First place. First place. Yeah. First place in sponsored. Second yeah. place in high jump. That, yeah, Look okay, at me. Okay. Am I a high jump? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I got second in that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got picked up by the, uh, by the shop to be their shop team, but also by Calypso. Got a Calypso aluminum double kickboard. Oh, like the with, bonsai. Like the bonsai, but with, like, Bane-like trucks, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the weird. Right. SKF manufactured everything at their factory, and I'm stoked. And as part of the local shop team, I got, like, one of those Hobie jerseys, the cool oh, one with the rainbow yeah, colors. Yeah. And then we started doing, like, little demos everywhere. They, you know. When they regionally? Like, I mean, like. Yeah, very regionally town, at yeah. first. But then they mm -hmm. started driving me to, I remember my first contest that they drove me to was European Championships in Mainz in Germany. Wow. And that was another thing. You All of a sudden, you meet these international skaters right. from all over Europe. Right. I didn't do so well, maybe 10th <coughs> in freestyle or something, and 15th in slalom. That's the two things that I participated in, but that's it. It was pretty cool. And all of this, I feel like now that I'm talking about it, through all these years, I was just 
super hyperactive about it, in but a positive yeah. way. Yeah. Like stage fright can yeah. be very positive if yeah. you have it the right way, if you deal with it the right way. And yeah. I was, we arrived at that hall where the, and there was 50 kids skating outside doing 360s and whatnot. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Meeting you just these absorb everything, everything at that point. Everything. Yeah. Everything you see, yeah. everybody you talk to, it's like, the clouds have opened up, yeah. and you see sunshine for the first time. Absolutely. There was also the next contest that they, I was then all of a sudden picked up by a German company called CS, which is California Sun. Mm -hmm. They also made their own boards, their own wheels and stuff. You get a team jersey that actually says CS, California mm -hmm. Sun. I'm like, I'm oh, part wow. of this team. Yeah. I'm now going to the German championships in Essen, and they have the Pepsi halfpipe. Wow. And the, the guys are getting halfway up. There's no flat bottom. They're doing like the fakey right. thing. Yeah. First time I'm seeing fakey. No, no. This is a wooden one, a white oh. wooden one. Okay. Probably the European version of we, yeah. you guys had the plexiglass. We had the plexiglass. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like, so I'm like, this is better than the freestyle area. Yeah. So. Was that your first exposure to vert? I actually, yeah. They yeah. let me skate it. And I didn't know how to fakey or nothing. Sure. But once we were back home, we had always, at home, we already, because we did one show for the local shop, and as part of our payment, we got a little piece of plywood that we could lean against a fence and do <laughs> kick turns on. But this plywood got bigger and bigger to yeah. be this like very high, but like steady, not a transition. Sure, but just a wedge. So how high can you get up? And mm -hmm. on the top of it, we built a second one. So it's like almost a half pipe. The Honestly, if someone filmed that, if I had film or photo yeah. of that, yeah. you would say, how did you learn how yeah. to half pipe skate in that yeah first of all if you yeah. fall off it you fall 10 feet into nothing <laughs> right and it's like the shakiest two pieces of plywood yeah like this and the bendy wood in the middle so you wouldn't oh. get stuck and i learned how to like fake your rock and rock fakie in that thing uh, way back in i don't know if you follow or have seen the past participle on instagram it's an account that posts a lot of historical skateboard stuff, but they always you will have, find stuff. Like you'll that. find stuff like that. Yeah. And you look at it and you go, I don't, I don't see how anybody ever skateboard. A lot of my stuff. British yeah. skateboard buddies uh, from later, like Shane yeah. Rouse or something, they have photos of this time oh, too. Yeah. Sean Goff and all those guys. It's it's the same thing. Yeah. We had like on the schoolyard, we built a bunch of these ramps. Um, it's the posters when or like there's a voting like voting season is on or something. Mm -hmm. It's like whoever vote for this guy, but it was made of this bendy material that's perfect. <laughs> oh, to okay. Make sure right. you don't get stuck in the. Sure. Little, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We would always use uh, street signs and stuff. Stuff you know, like that. Yeah. yeah. The, the metal was very yeah. pliable, you know, to get that get over that little lip of the exactly. Of the ramp. Yeah. Like, but but that was the early days. Yeah. You know, but that that's how you did it. You did everything too. We always. We would go downhill skating, we would go slalom, and then, oh, we've practiced the parallel slalom so, so long now, we need to do the giant slalom thing, mm -hmm. so you find a street, and you did everything. You did barrel jump, you did high jump, it was all part of it, and then, but more and more, the transition part of it came in. Sure. You know, that became, I have very cool early photos of me on that aluminum double kick board, but then by the time with ACS 500 and Powell Paw 50-50 wheels, oh. which I talked to Russ Howell a lot about, and he had a lot to say about those wheels. Later, like recently, because yeah. I wanted to reassemble that board and find these wheels. He's like, don't even bother. They fall <laughs> apart. I know. Right. Yeah, yeah they'd split. Yeah. yeah. But but all of that time, you know, I don't want to sum it up now. You can keep asking other questions, oh, yeah, but yeah. I just need mm -hmm. people to understand that it is something that shapes you in every way. Everything you do, I do like I did that. 
You have yeah. to fight for your information. I really loved that. I invested in something that I loved. I was hooked on skateboarding and yeah. everything around it. Meeting skateboarders. You'd go to Berlin just for a family thing, mm -hmm. and there's a dude in, in Vance. Yeah, yeah. And you're Hey man, and yep. he's like, and he's looking at my shoes, like, hey man. Oh yeah. It's like the yeah, one yeah. skater in town. Sure. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. It was that scarce. It yeah. was, wasn't a lot of skaters around. Yeah. That was like me in high school. You just find your your crew. You know, you you, you visually you know who's absolutely be part of your team. It's sure, just that you know? the crew doesn't even exist in yeah. a way. Yeah. You have to understand that I had. So I came back from London. Mm -hmm. I got out of Victoria when when I later like seventy eight. That is, <clears> I went to London, saw Shogokuba, etc. I went with an army bus because my mm -hmm. British friends are like, just come with us. No mm -hmm. one's going to ask for your passport. <laughs> and so I'm driving in an army bus. I arrive at Victoria Station. I get out, and there's people with leopard skin hair, yeah. oh, mohawks. Nice. Yeah. And I hadn't even heard of it yet yeah. because in Germany, the news about that hadn't really spread yeah. yet. Yeah. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> so a week later, I come home. I cut my hair. I put beer in the hair. So it's like... Yeah. Nice. I have a, a, a like a camouflage pullover with sure. a buscox button. Yeah, yeah. And now like the talking. years before, the year before, <laughs> I already went to school in like the one GNS surfboards T-shirt that mm -hmm. I could get. Yeah, which didn't look like the shirts the kids were wearing. Yeah. and I had like the long surfer hair, and I somehow got a hold of like. Um, like these long socks, the basketball socks, right? right. Yeah, tube right. socks. Yeah, you know. tube stripes right. on the top. So I was the stripes. only kid. Like, and people wouldn't like it. Yeah, people were like, "What the fuck? What are you doing?" <laughs> and then I came back, listened to punk rock, and then they're like, "What are you doing now?" Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry, skateboarding changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, trying to keep up. So at this time, you're you're uh, you're doing contests and you're skating demos back. Yeah, in these all days? freestyle stuff. Yeah, so this is all freestyle skateboarding. Are you putting energy into contests or demos or, or demos on the side? Yeah. Not that many. Contests making any any little no. bit of pocket cash? No, there's no pocket cash. Trophies, trophies yeah. for sure. Yeah. And um, eventually, in the last issue, which is the fifth issue of Skateboard Magazine in Germany, mm -hmm. I'm actually featured in there because I got fifth in the European Championships in Munich, nice. and uh, wearing a Hobie shirt. Yeah, doing 360s, but That's it's awesome. another time the half pipe was there, so you get yeah. to skate a little more. Now I practiced in my little homemade one, so. Yeah. But there's now a guy from England who does a frontside air mm -hmm. just below. There was no coping, so I'm mm -hmm. saying below coping, but there was no coping on that yeah. thing or platforms, because what? Why would you need a platform up yep. there? Because no one can get up just there. Just right. But some dude was actually almost, you know, but doing a tuck knee frontside air. Wow. So I'm like. Oh my God, they got better at this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what was the step to Uricana, uh summer camps? Oh, that, the, we'd have to skip a lot of interesting info because that's well, in '81. Okay. Well, let's back up then. And well, get we the need to back up. We need to back up because what happens now is remember how I mentioned my local sports shop? Right. Mm -hmm. He now realizes skateboarding is cool. He wants it back in his shop. Can you help me find some good stuff? Because I don't want the, the whatever trendy stuff that yeah. the plastic boards. You don't I want the want toys. Boards. You want the pro model. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll help you. So we drove out to the people that were selling it. Uh, what's the word here? Wholesale? No. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Wholesale. Yeah. So there was distributor you know, or whatever. Sun, sun distributor. Sunski was one of them. We went to Sunski. We went to uh, Go Sports in Munich. We went to Hamburg. And I told him, let's get a couple of these, let's get a couple of these. And he started having a skate shop with actually pretty good products. In, and people would buy it. My local, even however small my town was, people were skating. And he's like, we should have a team. So he 
we called it the Rad Rollers team, and everyone had a jacket with his name on, and I was like, oh my God, this is so nice. cool. And he goes, there's a big city part fest, it's called Gudersloh Stadtfest, whatever, and I want a half pipe in front of my shop. We can make it transportable so we can use it more often. Mm -hmm. Wow. So now we're onto this project. So my friends, Thomas and Bernd and I, sat down in my father's office, piece of paper, and we drew something up. We didn't have, the Thrasher hasn't been out there yet, so there's no, like, no you plans. You can't order your ramp plans? Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't, of course. Didn't, didn't order my ramp plans yeah. yet. So we thought up how should this be done, and it was pretty much like people built ramps later, cut out the transition part, have mm -hmm. some 2x4s, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. The dimensions were kind of clear, 10, you know, 10 foot plus a foot of vert. And like it was maybe 15 feet wide that we thought up and eventually got a little narrow, I think. And we were so excited for three days and had built a model out of wood. And like, this is it. And he actually had it made. Wow. So we went by this wood shop where this guy was making it. He had a few questions because our plan wasn't too good, I guess. But he built that ramp. And this is also when my wife, Dana, who's with us today, yeah. saw me for the very first time, not knowing that, right? that that's me. <laughs> that was 78? That was, yeah, around 78. 78. 79, maybe. 79. Okay. 79 is a good Yeah, I'd say if you're working on vert, maybe you're getting into 79. Yeah, yeah 79. Or, yeah. And we were skating half pipe. We yeah. couldn't do anything on it yet. No yeah. drop ins. Didn't starting in the bottom and just. Yeah, starting in the bottom, yeah. but like do frontside mm -hmm. airs, and, but no rock and rolls or nothing yeah. yet. But that, that's kind of it. And we had a half pipe. And he said he had a tennis hall, and we could, like, you know, we could, he said, there's some spot behind it. You can set up the ramp if you like. Wow. So then we all of a sudden had a local ramp, you know. That's how I got better at half-pipe skating. Sure. And this is before Yurikana Skate mm -hmm. Camp. And um, this is also before I first met Titus, which is another team I was on. Right, right. But that's also a funny one. I mean, it happened around the same time. So we had the half-pipe. We got good in the half-pipe. Eventually built a platform because we needed it. Drop-ins, yeah. rock and roll, whatever, you know, yeah. sweepers, you know, we could do that stuff. Right. 80 maybe then? Oh no, I gotta tell you about one little thing that happened in 79 before I forget it because it's important because the same thing happened twice <clears throat> but like in different time zones. Everything. So we're in Italy on a family vacation and I'm practicing for these European championships that I talked about where the half was and everything. In it, we get, we're doing a vacation but I'm also, I also have my board with me. Sure. We go to a local sports shop looking for shoes and there's a poster free former U US free former team demo tomorrow mind blown yeah Ty, Ty Page, Page is gonna be yeah. here what's the high jumper guy that they um, had god what was his name he jumped like over Porsches and stuff like yeah, that Brian Beardsley that's the one yeah it's yeah, like yeah. oh my god they're all gonna be here it's crazy my Cousin was there. She spoke Italian. So she's like, is it tomorrow? He's like, yeah, domani, domani, tomorrow. Nice. Okay. All right. Whew. I'm excited now. <laughs> when are they coming? Well, it starts at 10. All right. We'll be here at 10. Go back to the hotel, do the beach thing, whatever. I'm excited. Put on my Hobie shirt. I'm all. And we go there. And there's a lot of people there. Also in free former shirts, some of them, but not the American team yet. No one right. can really skate well. They're tic-tacking. Yeah. And I'm stacking three boards to do hand handstands on. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So you're so I'm far skating. away. I'm warming up. I'm doing the 360s. People stop skating. Everyone's watching. I'm doing my bit. I be Like a week later, I became fifth in the European Championship. So I was good, right? Yeah. Awesome. 
And then the guy who runs the shop, I, I see him, it's like, when is the team arriving? He's like, and he points in a corner, there's these <laughs> Italians hiding. He's like, the team is here. I said, what, it's that US team. He's like, no, 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 from Italy, from Milan. Mm. I'm like, okay. Oh, oh. my gosh. <laughs> so, but they, we, we became, we did something, like I super included them and yeah. we did like cool stuff together. Nice. And, you know, we pulled up a pretty cool show together. Yeah. Now, my mother says, this is years later in 79, 80 or something. My mother goes, there's an American team in like a half hour away from here in a city mm -hmm. called Ham. And they're, they're having a show with the half pipe. And it says, American team. I'm like, oh, my God. I hope this is an American team. Yeah, yeah. My friend Uli and I drive right. there. By this time, we're like in rector shorts with right. leopard skin. You know, yep. on the, like sewn off to the Full shorts. Punk rock skateboarding. Punk rock kid. skateboarding, you know, flyaway helmet. We're like, yep. let's go. We get to the ramp. It's this enormous transportable half pipe, no flat bottom, super big transitions. Got a big Titus logo on it. Okay. The dudes are skating well, well below coping, mm -hmm. just kick turning. They do like a thing where they skate six of them at the same time. Right. And there's this guy with the stash. <laughs> <laughs> on what? Uh, on, on roller skates. On roller skates. <laughs> yeah. And I, he seemed like the one in charge. And I said, <laughs> it was Titus. And I said, so when is the U.S. team arriving? And he's looking at me with this like, who are you to say? He's like, yeah. we are the team. <laughs> are you saying you can do better than this? Yeah. And I'm like, um... Yeah. Can we give it a go? So you're having a deja vu of the uh, Italy team. Oh, totally. It was yeah. the same thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I was like, can we try? He's like, yeah. So I'm climbing up the ramp. There's a mini, mini platform that they built. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know why, because no one was reaching the top. But yeah. Yeah. And I do a drop in. Crowd is going berserk. Because all day they've been seeing people kick turn below coping. Now this guy climbs all the way up. They're like. Who is this guy? Right. We're doing frontside airs, four wheels out. We're doing yeah. little rock and rolls, cast slides or ses slides, whatever you call right. them. Right, slides, yeah. And that's and then so we're done with the demo and Titus. That's Uli and me, right? Right. So and then Titus looks at me. He's like, "You want to join the team?" <laughs> like, yeah. So then the whole doing demos and stuff got a little right. more serious. How long before that had you started dropping in? I mean, that was because those guys weren't even doing that at the time, right? So yeah, we, was that blowing minds well, to see Well, because we actually... came back from England and Shogo had kind of led the way and there was uh, a lot of the great English skaters at the time. Mm. I was with a guy called, um, oh God, I wish I knew now, Lee Vukuneri, okay. and he was good. <clears throat> they would drop in. I learned how to axle in on my first day of riding a pool. I don't know why I chose to axle in, yeah. right? Yeah. But I did it. I had no pads on because I didn't bring any. We're freestylers. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, someone says, here's Rolling Thunder Skate Park, oh, the biggest indoor yeah. skate park ever built in the UK. And there's a pool. And they were axle in. That's yeah. what they did. I'm like, that's got to be done, doable. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. I learned frontside grinds the first day. I was wow. fast. I learned fast. And so by this time, we're doing axle ins, drop ins, all of that. Yeah. We learned quickly. And so, yeah, no wonder we were good. And they yeah. hadn't gotten the message yet. You yeah. know, they hadn't seen the UFO yet. Yeah. We had. Yeah. Yeah. They're Shogo. They're the Brits. <laughs> yeah. They already knew how it's done. Do you recall who was a part of that US team beyond 
at that time? Who 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 was a part of that when you saw that? Who was skating on the U.S. team at that time? Do you recall? U.S. team? Oh, the, the, no, no. The, the thing is, there was no U.S. team yeah. at that it show. Was, it was just Tita's the Titas guys. Oh, it was literally just them. L- yeah. L- yeah. Like his local boys. Yeah, you know, yeah, he was a yeah. teacher at the time. Gotcha. He wasn't like selling skateboards yet. Yeah. He was a teacher, and and he was a sports teacher. And as part of his program, he taught skateboarding. So those kids went with him. He had bought a half pipe from someone, and you know. But then, we had already seen the light. You yeah, know what I mean? Right, Which yeah. is important in skateboarding. Yeah. Someone say, kind of needs to take you by the hand and say, "This is how it's done." Right. And then right. someone had already done that with my friend Uli and I. So we were later able to show everybody else. So mm-hmm. this is how you do that. No, no, no. We've been to London. We skated all the parks. We know. Yeah. This is not how you do it. This is how you do it. Right. But it. It's kind of cool because when you go to these places, um, you meet these amazing people. You become a part of their scene also. Like I said, first a sports shop in the Mountown, then the actual skate shop, Surrey Skateboards, Mm -hmm. then Calypso Skateboards, CS Skateboards, and then now we're with Titus, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was about to go off in his little thing, and we were right there when it happened. Everything that he did and decided to do he checked with us. It was a good time. It was great. And did that, did that lead to your first pro model? Eventually, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, pretty sh- shortly after. Mm-hmm. Maybe 81. Um, he asked me, like, we. he had a shop. Skateboarding was going off, but not as a big trend, but, mm-hmm. like, amongst skateboarders. Right. It was a worldwide phenomenon that you couldn't stop. It wasn't, we weren't where we were in 85 when Gator had the cover and he was signing a skateboard sure. on the cover of Transworld, right. yeah. which right. is when skateboarding hit in a very big way. But we were already where it was incredibly interesting to skateboard. And it was definitely, you could sell them in a shop and do okay. He was still yeah. doing the teaching job on the side, but he had yes. a skate shop. He was importing Vance shoes and Powell boards and whatnot. And, you know, and we were a part of that. So, But with him, it was different because... He, hmm, I can only compare him to the Scorpions, the band the Scorpions. <laughs> yeah. They came from Germany as well, but mm. they were destined for big success. Mm. And you can feel that in someone. This is a guy who wants a local skate shop and do well with the local guys, versus someone who writes music, and you know, to, to mm-hmm. use the Scorpions as an sure. example again. Or are they writing stuff that's destined to be worldwide? Yeah. And so Tito's had a little more of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't so much like, Let's push the local scene, which he did. Yeah. But let's have a brand. Mm-hmm. You should have a board. Yeah. Come up with some graphics, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh he's, he's next level. Yeah. Definitely. And sights on bigger goals. Yeah. Just, because yeah. with the other teams, you'd get a board and that's right. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Calypso gave me in there, in my life, gave me one board. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sponsored by Calypso, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I, <laughs> I wrote that board everywhere I went. Yeah. But with Tita's, it's like, how many boards per month are you going to need? You know, so right. you're like, oh, my God, yeah, this is, this is serious. This team is shirts, yeah. team stickers, let's have a magazine, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, actually, I said let's have a magazine, but who cares? But you'd have these ideas, and he would make them happen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It's, you need someone like that. Yeah, you said let's have a board. Let's do a board. And um, the board was going to be a Mike McGill board. Mm-hmm. Like, Powell would send him blanks, and he would have the local oh, guy really? reshape them. But oh, like so my McGill shape, shape, but then you had some input. The in shape that I came up with it, fit yeah. within mm-hmm. the size of a Mike McGill board. Mm-hmm. We loved the 
the wood and the concave. Yeah. But now think up a graphic, mm -hmm. right? Which is another very important moment in time because I'm like, okay, well, it would be good because I knew, can I say something that's going to sound weird? But I also know people, some people are going to understand when you're good at something, then you know you're good at something. Mm -hmm. You don't question that. If you can sing well, it's not something that no one can put that down. I can sing. Yeah. Give me a mic, I'll sing. Any good singer will agree with me. And I knew right. I'm a good skater. So I was like, it's not going to be the last motherboard that I have. I should have a topic that runs through whatever I bring out from now on, even if it's just with this guy. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I didn't want to go from this on that board and a flower on that board. I wanted a topic. And what really was a topic that I was thinking about a lot was time. Yeah. Right. You know? And I was like, hmm, wouldn't it be great to just have a clock on there? And then I'm looking through some books that my father had, and I found uh, a British Airways ad where two planes are pulling a clock apart. And I sort of, just a, my memory of that, mm -hmm. I drew that up, which is the board you later made, yeah. Bo. Yeah. And uh, that's my actual drawing on a skateboard. Really? And they just sort of scanned it from that. Right. I just used a Sharpie and... Straight to, that, board. straight to the yeah, board. That's awesome. And I said to, to Titus, this is the shape that I want. Because right. he gave me a blank. And I said, this is the shape that I want. And this is the graphic that I want. He's like, all right, cool. So that's how that all started with the clocks and everything. But it's also a guy like Titus who recognized the talent and recognized that there can be more than just having the guy on the team. Let's make him a board. It was a popular board. You know, whoever skated at the time wrote that board. It's a light blue board with a pink graphic on. What about I don't own one anymore. Yeah, no one does. What I do have is a Madrid longboard okay. that is uh, painted in the same color as that board was painted and silk screened the same day, same day those boards were made. That's what I have. So same but graphic. I don't act, it's the same graphic. I just said, well, yeah. if you're doing those boards, can you do this one as right, well? Right, yeah. right. That longboard? Yeah. That we use for the cats so they can jump on. <laughs> we used it. We put it one like for a year or so. It was a, a door stopper at the house. Until <laughs> I realized it's actually a pretty good part of history. Like yeah. I'm actually still thinking I should probably give it to Titus because yeah. I think he would love it. I think he would love to have that what because was, no one has that board anymore. Right. Sure. Put it up I've in not seen museum. one. What about time? What? Why was that? Why was that so prevalent in your mind as the passing of? I mean, was it just the way you were progressing in skating and just the, the, the quick move passing of time? I mean, what do you oh. think drew you to that theme? I think the, the last one, I think because there was so much on my mind and so many things that I wanted to do, but I didn't have enough time. You couldn't yeah. like get up early enough to get all that stuff done. Yeah. We at the, you know, again, we're jumping here and that's totally fine because we have to because there's just too much stories to yeah. be told. But I said to Titus at one point, we're going to need a magazine if you want to connect people. Because my information, as you were talking about earlier, was hard to get. Yeah. I wanted to make it more accessible for people. And the magazines that were out were basically not really done by skateboarders, not even that German magazine. It was done in a way that a newspaper would report. It wasn't written in a cool way. Right. 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 So like I was like, third we, person kind of. Yeah. And then he did great the on the last kickflip and landed it to, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, no, that's not how you write about a contest. Yeah. You write about the party afterwards. You got to right. say gnarly for one thing. You there you go. <laughs> which in German, that word doesn't even exist. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking which one that would be. But no, they don't. Yeah. They would probably say gnarly as well. And um, yeah, so we had a magazine. I was doing, I was, I was doing the magazine. I was 
doing the graphics for it, was taking most of the photos for mm. it, and I was doing the layout and then gave it to Titus. He had it printed up, and then we sent it to whoever. He got some ads going so we could finance the thing. So that's what I'm doing. I'm not yet in a band, but I'm about to be in a band too, which takes up more of my time. Mm-hmm. But then you travel from skate spot to skate spot, contests. I didn't have enough time. So basically, yeah, yeah I think that sparked the idea of thinking about it. Maybe I saw Dolly's picture sure. with the, mm-hmm. the melting pers- clock persistence. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the, the melting clock one. That's uh, that's a big one too. But I think I saw that after. Mm. I think I saw that after because I first clock that you know on my board is one that's like I said pulled apart by planes yeah. because to see there's time zones in the world and yeah. British Airways is so fast that they just surpass right. the time zones yeah but it was just a thing I was in school time wouldn't pass I would you know sure. count the seconds when yeah. when is this going to be over that's how it goes and that's how that goes and that's how the interest came up. won't pass and then when you're out but there. then how strong of an image is a yeah. clock in any shape or form you know so that's kind of how that went, and it felt good because I knew, oh, I can, I can keep doing this, you know, for as long as I feel is, is a good idea. How many models did you have on Titus? Um, they tried a couple of different people, like like uh, Uncle Wiggly, for mm-hmm. instance, ones that that kind of failed. I thought the boards were great, but people were breaking them. Mm. He also tried a German company, and people were also breaking those. So, and every different one, we had slightly different graphics. Like the the, the clock changed a little bit with every yeah. board, yeah. and then it would say B wood or by wood, and the other one was called seven ply or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I think there was about f- between five or seven different ones. Different graphics wow. too, yeah. kind of yeah. updates to yeah. the same theme. Yeah. About that. Wow. You, All kind of like most of them based on that board, but the, la- the last ones were. The last one I had was a big fish eating a small fish, but there was still a clock in there. <laughs> but that was another idea of mine. And, you yeah. know, like the, there's always a big fish eating the yeah. smaller one, and yeah, that yeah. you know, yeah. and that line goes on and on and on. But um, that was the last one. Yeah. Do you have any of those boards? Yes, I have all of the ones except yeah. for the first one. Wow. There's a lot. Trust me, a lot of people are contacting yeah. me about it. <laughs> like, what are you doing with those boards? I'm like, they're in the cellar somewhere in the right. cupboard. Yeah. I'm not hanging them or anything, but we yeah. do have them. You were traveling all over Germany, all over continental Europe, and then you started going to Scandinavia and back to UK and meeting with American pros. Or when did you start really getting involved in more of the American slash international hmm. skate scene. I want to say it's '81 because I went to the Huracana skate camp in Ratvik. Mm-hmm. Ratvik, I think is what they call that. Sorry, my Swedish friends. But <laughs> it's by a big lake, and it's a summer camp that the year before I believe was also done by Steve Cavallaro and McGill, and the year before that was done by Stacy Bralta and Alan Galfand. It's a three-week camp. You stay in a hut, and you just skate with whoever's there. And I went in 81, and it was the last time that McGill and Caballero did it together. And Per Linda was doing, and it's also, he's pronounced probably Per yeah. And uh, But you get the drift. He was there as a freestyle guy, sure. and there's a half pipe, a little skate park, the huts. You get fed food, and people pay money for it. I paid money. First time I went, I was just... One of the guys who wanted to be right. a part of it. We yeah. drove out there, stayed for three weeks. 
And those were really like the first new school American guys I met. And wow, Cavalero and McGill in their yeah, heyday. Crazy. I mean, you know, you'd arrive at the ramp. I didn't skate the first day. I couldn't. I just right. sat and watched. Plus, the Swedes were really good. Hans put this Jakobsen. Right. And Bauta was awesome. Mikael Folkson was awesome. Some of the Danes were there too. You got like everyone from Europe sure. just gathered in this little town by the lake. To, to do all of that, which now people call history of skateboarding, but it's right there and it happens right. and you're a part of it. I was too nervous. I didn't even skate. Just watched them skate, mm -hmm. then skated with them. I was super sketchy at the time, so I'm told. This is a guy from Sweden <laughs> called Putis. He keeps telling me, it's like he doesn't understand how I went to that camp, uh, hung up on almost every air I ever did, <laughs> and a year later, I was by far the best skater in all of Europe. Yeah. So that's what happened. And I said, I was inspired. I went home. I used the inspiration and just got better. Yeah. That's it. I was by my, on my own with two friends at a local ramp, that little shitty ramp that the local sports store built, right. and just perfected it. There was no more hang-ups, no more nothing. But yeah, that was that. That was the first time I went. And the second time I went to do anything international was about a half year later, which is what Puttis is referring to. I, without telling my parents, this is... By the way, that's only possible in those days. Like, no phones, no, yeah. no one could track you. Yeah. I just went to Berlin to visit some friends, took a plane from Berlin to London, and skated in, in, the, in the European Championships in Crystal Palace. Oh, my god! And got second. Got second, which I thought was great. <laughs> and called my parents on the Sunday. I'd been away from home for four days. Put in fifty pence in the in the in the telephone booth. I wrote, called home and said, "Hey, just wanted to know, let you know, I'm in London. I got like second in the European Championships, and I'll be home tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like, "Okay," and that's it. And you think she'd have been more upset if you placed worse in the contest? She what my parents decided by second. <laughs> so she said, "Yeah, that's fine." Well, my parents, whenever I came home and I'd won something, you'd always get the same thing. Yeah, you have to tidy up your room. It looks <laughs> like a mess. It, did, it didn't matter. They picked me up from my first contest in Bielefeld that I won, which I thought was outrageous that I did. Yeah. And my father's sitting in the car going, "You want to see your room? You really need to clean up your room." <laughs> so they didn't. It wasn't a big deal for them yeah. yet. They yeah. later had an epiphany how good of a thing it is that I was doing, but yeah. at that time, it was all my crazy little antics that I was doing. Were they supportive, though, and, and receptive to what you're... Did they, did they understand? Or my they, mother was. Yeah. She would always drive me to whatever, when we had in Bielefeld, when we had yeah. the skate practice, or there was a, a little hill that we bombed, and she would always drive us there and pick us up later. Yeah. But she was also not too fond of me skating. I wasn't good in school. I wasn't paying yeah. much attention. Yeah. I was drawing skateboard things and working on the magazine on the side yeah. while I'm apparently having a math class. But yeah. I, you yeah. know, so no. And my father later became supportive, but he wasn't supportive enough. Unfortunately, I yeah. thought that when I was at my very best, which is when Spidey and Steve Keenan came over and stayed at my house for like three months or something, and he right. wanted to get me on Santa Cruz skateboards. He called Tim Piamater mm -hmm. and said, I found the new Lester Kazai. Hmm. Really, put him on the team immediately, right? And I said, no, I'm with Tita's, and I can't really go anywhere, that's fine. But I was, I believe, really, really good then, and I should have flown out, mm -hmm. but my parents were like, no, you're not going. So 
only when independent trucks picked me up. I was riding for Tracker before, but independent right. eventually picked me up and they flew me out so I could go because they paid the money, right? But before I couldn't go. So my parents found out later that they should have been supportive. It's not like right. they, yeah, yeah. I, they're great parents, trust me, sure. but like it just wasn't a thing. They're, yeah, they didn't quite own, understand. He's a painter and yeah. he's like, you know, I should work in that company or whatever in that field. He was more conservative that way. And I absolutely get it 100% because he's a provider and he did yeah. a perfect job at that. It's just that my head was in a completely different space. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get out of that space. I still think it's a good thing that I didn't. Yeah. And I just followed my talent and my dreams and that's it, you yeah. know. But so supportive in the way that, yeah, providing a house and money and food and, and whatnot. Yes, even driving me to things, yeah. but definitely always pushing me to do, do something, something else, else yeah. there. <laughs> Can you yeah. start have a, a career? Yeah, have a career, which I I started one in eighty six. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is I was not riding for Madrid anymore. Right, I had done the Vancouver World Championships right. for you guys, mm -hmm. and then went home and started a job because my parents had sort mm. of pressured me into doing that, learning yeah. a job for three years, and then but. We probably jumped a bit there. So when yeah. when independent flew you out, that. was no, you're fine. Was that was that your first trip to the states? as kind of a sponsor. That was my first trip to the states, and it was yeah. a short one. Yeah, because I I tore my ligaments in the mm. shoulder eventually. But it was my first trip. It's '85. I was riding for Powell. Was so riding for Titus before. Yeah, right. Titus and it did what it did, and it was mm -hmm. great. And I won a lot of competitions. Half pipe was a big thing. Maybe we should mention some stuff from that time because. The magazine, the Monster Skateboard Magazine was invented in those days. And then also, I told Titus, we should have a competition. You know mm -hmm. that, right? You have a skate park here. He got like these fiberglass half pipes in Munster, set up a skate park. And I said, people have contests in these things, you know? It's not just freestyle and slalom. Yeah. So, because my nickname given to me by some Brits was the Munster Monster. City strong. Oh, it's a strong I see where we're now going sense, with this. Right? Yeah. We decided to call the contest the Munster Monster Mastership because yeah. it's uh, MMM. You know, yeah. we kind of right. like that. He was in. He's like, yeah. The good part is you have this idea. I'm a creative mind. That's what I do. But a creative mind always needs someone to help make it happen. Yeah. Titus is perfect at that. So he organized the contest. Got all the things that you need. Who's mm -hmm. going to be a judge? Who, like, we need a megaphone. Where are people going to sleep? Oh, there's like a, a, a big sports thing from the local school. Everyone can sleep on the floor. Bring your mattresses and sleeping bags. People from all over Europe came. First half-pipe contest. Big thing. Big deal. Right? So that went on for a while and then got into the next, into an ice skating hall, like an mm. ice hockey hall. Mm -hmm. uh, and it got, so it got bigger. And then also that was in 85, maybe, 84, 85, and it exploded. Mm. Skateboarding phenomenon came right back. But those were very important times when the half-pipe thing really started happening, really went off. You know, that whole culture, yeah. the whole, I had a band then, you know, people had bands and yeah. punk rock was happening and skateboarding had a look. Yep. You know, people caught on to it. I got invited to parties all of a sudden. <laughs> that thing you did way back then, we were yeah. laughing about yeah, you. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty hot right now. Yeah. Why'd you come to the party tonight? That's you know, how right. that goes. You're the celebrity. Yeah. So what was your transition, or, or who was your connect at Powell when you ended up going to Powell from Titus? How did that come George. about? George. George came, actually came over. 
That's how really? that went back in really? the days. Mm-hmm. Actually came over to Germany, stayed a couple of days. Had and he heard of you prior? He came over yeah, to check? Yeah, people had told him about it. I was already writing for Powell Wheels. Okay. Um, that just sort of happened through Titus. We didn't, Titus didn't have any wheels, so mm-hmm. I was riding for Tracker and Powell Wheels at the time. And then George came over, and eventually we drove to the ISPO, which is a sports exhibition in Munich, a huge one. And so we, had, we got to spend time and made it happen. And then my main contact was then Stacy, of course. Mm-hmm. And I, when I skated in 85, when I skated the um, Virginia Beach contest, the one that I mentioned where a gator on the cover is right, skateboarding. Right. Yeah. Skateboarding exploded more. that day. Right. It yeah. was like the biggest thing. Skateboarding became a mass phenomenon. But um, I was riding the Ray Bones Rodriguez board there. I wasn't riding my own boards anymore, like Indies, Rat Bones, and a Ray Bones board, you know. And But under the promise that at some point you're going to have a model here with us. So right. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, super stoked. And so we're actually talking about that with Stacy the whole time. Communication at the time is weird because you write letters or yeah. once a month you can call for like yeah. a minute because it's expensive. Yeah. Not like nowadays, you know, where it's really like on your iPhone with, yeah. with a picture. It's yeah. science fiction to me <laughs> still. So that board came out and I quit. It just wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't, the shape wasn't right. All the communication has been disregarded. And, yeah. I wasn't happy. And it's so a I, it's a diversion away from the clocks, right? What happened yeah. with the, the graphic? I still think there? that's yeah. why. <laughs> I think history had a say yeah, in it. Maybe. So like, well, what are you doing, man? Yeah. yeah. Was that your call? Did you, you <clears throat> Yeah, it was my call. Consciously Yeah, I should have gone for their yeah. actual graphic artist because he's fantastic. I should have right. told him do something with clocks. Yeah. Right. Trust me, it would have been the best Powell graphic ever. Yeah. I still yeah. think I should talk to this guy and say, Let's do something together. It was meant to be. Yeah. You're just waiting to work on a melting clock. Yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, no. Look, I have to do everything. My son will tell you that's how I am. Yeah. It's a problem sometimes, yeah. too. I have to be in control because nothing would have happened if I hadn't been in control myself, if, mm-hmm. I, if I didn't do it back in those days. So even in situations where I could possibly let go, I, I usually don't. Yeah. I want to be in control. So. At Powell, I said, I have a graphic. I drew up this flame face. I liked it. I did it at my job that I was at at the time. And they liked it. So I, I'm not. I'm still okay with the graphic. Mm-hmm. It's just a diversion from the clock sure. idea, which yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I wish I could like, open my mind from back then and say, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But that's just how that happened. Yeah. And it was also a time where maybe some of the other... Cause uh, I remember what's his name. Steve Stedham had al- also had a different looking board mm-hmm. than the other power boards, mm-hmm. so maybe that was sort of the time to do something else. I wish I could tell you more about that, but yeah. that's kind of what it was. I did a graphic. Here it is. Do you like it? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Then I was riding a couple of test boards, as you do with them, and then I find find out through a telephone call with um, Stacy that he didn't think too much of European skateboarders and that wow. he didn't think this should be a worldwide skateboard. We hmm. should like try to sell this in Europe first. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you're yeah. a European. Right. I'm like, uh, is that a, a disease? What's the problem here? <laughs> As we know, the history in skateboarding has proved him wrong because yeah. you know, you're not really winning the Olympics, are you? <laughs> it's other countries yeah. doing that now. Right. So, yeah. and that's okay. He yeah. probably had his reasons, and maybe some of it was lost in translation somewhere. Yeah. I still think, to this day, a proper video conference call with everybody involved would have solved whatever problem he or I sure. had, yeah, and it would have been good. But sure. 
a week later, my first actual production boards come in. They made like 50 or so to just start off some core shops and yeah. get some product to the pros. And what do you think of this? And it was longer than I thought. It was mm. wider than I thought. The nose was kind of the same as it was on my Madrid board. Oh, really? The Madrid board resembles what my actual Powell shape was mm. um, because, you know, but it wasn't right. So I called him and said, look, I'm out. Hmm. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So they only produced like 50. To total. my knowledge, yes. Now, someone yeah. at the company would know better. You ask someone here, like, if you do you really always know yeah. whoever you work with? Do you really always know the numbers, back, especially when they're handmade like that? Yeah. To my knowledge, they made like 50. And they made different colors. They wanted to see what's good. I mean, they were good that way. Yeah. That they, my favorite one was a silver mm. one. I got sent four. I rode one of them. And then threw it away once I quit, but I kept the other three, and sold all three in the meantime for really? record amounts of money. Hmm. You know, have they reissued that board over the They've years? They've reissued, yeah, yeah sure. four mm -hmm. times now yeah. with different colors because I'm really super okay with all of that. I'm yeah. kind of proud of that part, sure. and I was super happy the day the first reissue came. Yeah, because officially now I have a Powell board, which yeah. I really yeah. never really had. It was right. really never for sale. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's a big moment when yeah. you get your board and it's got the top graphic and yeah. it says Palo Peralta 2021 or whatever. Yeah. They've done four different colors off it and uh, I'm in regular contact with them. And, cool. You know, so that's cool. That was a big step yeah. away from Tita's to go somewhere else. Yeah. But what's more important is my next step, yeah. which I'm excited to talk about. Were you feeling defeated when you had to kind of walk away from no. Powell? Were you just like, Quite on the to the opposite. next? Let's just, yeah, let's just move on. Again, it comes yeah. with talent comes a certain cockiness about yeah. things. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like, if you think about it nowadays, you talk to someone nowadays, they're like, how could you just call Stacy and quit? Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. talk to Mike Vallely about it. Yeah. He had a bit of a frustrating sure. time there. Right. Yeah, We've right. been on tour with him and got to talk about it in length. wasn't always easy. Yeah. Certain people don't match. Sure. You know, so within their actual Bones Brigade, those people clicked and matched. Mm -hmm, and right. Rightfully so. They have right. nothing to say great things about that whole structure. Mm -hmm. But for me, that wasn't the kind of structure I needed. You know yeah. what I needed? I needed Bo Brown in my life. <laughs> Trust me, it's it's true. Someone who just come to us, we'll get it done. Yeah. Was yeah. there ever a question to make a board for just Europe? Are you kidding no. me? No. Let's make a worldwide board. What do you want? What do you need? That's it. Yeah. It happened super quickly. My graphics improvised. All the clocks on the boards were on my in my wife's house. Yeah, they're all mostly clocks and watches from Serbia because yeah. she's Serbian. Finn, actually, you told me that at SkaterCon, or I, that's the first time I heard about you. Like, yeah, actually, that was a my grandfather's clock on the you know. I forget yeah, it's the, the full story, but it's, it's, it's my grandpa's red clock, right? Isn't yeah, it? all yeah. of all of those clocks yeah. were in her house. Yeah, I photographed them. My friend Florian Bohm photographed me in my garden lying on the floor pretending I'm floating <laughs> in space I thought it was a I definitely wanted to go back to the clock theme yeah. mm -hmm. okay yeah. it was probably right that this didn't work out yeah. let's go here so you know photocopy machine put that together sent you guys the graphics yeah boom there it goes board turned out great it was fantastic I went back to the states for the second time this time not like I was supposed to be picked up by Fausto Vitello mm -hmm. <laughs> and Mofo, and they never even, like back then in 85, right. no one ever picked me up in, in Virginia Beach. I found a guy on the street with a Thrasher shirt, some dude, 
Are you going to be at the contest over the weekend? Yeah, I'm in the contest, but yeah. I don't have a place to stay. Stay with me. Wow. That's how that went. Well, so again, we but took a little bit of a step, but so post-Powell, yeah. Yeah. how did Madrid come into the picture? Can you elaborate on that? Well, what I remember, because at that point, Titus was our distributor. That's I think right. we'd gone through Fonder first, and yes. then we, we were at Titus. And Titus and Jorg would come out all the time to California. They would buy this big Cadillac. Every time they bought a different Cadillac of convertible. Of course he would. Just rolling fat. <coughs> so we had a really good relationship with Titus. I, I would talk to the old man and Georg all the time. And you definitely were on the radar. Everybody knew Klaus Grabke. It was, you know, after... Trashmore and and we had heard about I had heard about uh, Uricana and there's something I want to talk to you about Uricana too some controversy there mm. uh, but uh, I remember the old man Titus calling us up and saying listen Klaus left Powell wasn't happy mm. and you know you guys were doing a lot with you we we love the way you work and we think Klaus would be a good fit hmm. and I'm like we get a chance to have Klaus fuck yeah let's jump on it cool. right now right um, and I think I'd probably met you at Trashmore you did yeah. yes uh, riding Powell boards and mm. I was so upset uh, <laughs> but you know with Madrid we were we were a small company so we were family Hmm. You know, Pudis was riding for us at the right. time as well. We had started to build up a European team. Pudis, Steve Douglas, I can't remember who all else. Uh, and to us, it wasn't like a European team or an East Coast team. It was the Madrid team. We were family. Um, so to have you be part of that family was like, there was no question. It was like, our brother is coming back into the fold, but you hadn't hadn't even skated for us yet. Yeah. So that's how I remember it all coming down. I remember it the same way. Okay. I had a conversation with Titus. Um, he said, "Yeah, I quit Powell." He's like, "Really?" He was like, <laughs> "Which was the well, biggest team right. in the world at that yeah. point." And I explained. He's like, "No, I understand. Let me talk to Madrid." I'm like, "Yeah, I'd be stoked. You guys have the cool boards out, you know." I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome." You were much more the type of fit that I needed. That's just what I'm saying. You need a certain, I need a certain group of people that just match what, how mm -hmm. I am and how I work. And that's what I found, you know, especially when I came out here. You picked me up and I was able to stay at your place and you showed me around. And the, the, the company was so good at the time. I spent quite a lot of time at the actual factory. Yeah. We later got to do the East Coast tour with Joe Bowers and... All Look of those guys? At that picture right there? Is that, oh, I didn't see it yet. Yeah. Oh, awesome. i got to go see it. Yeah. That was the M-Tech tour. Yes. Fantastic. Still have the shirt. Yeah. I was you talking know, So all the good that. stuff happened, and it was on a level that was much more fitting, you know? Here, I was one of the guys, you know? Yeah. I wasn't someone to be discussed. I was yeah. one of the guys. They took me serious and took the talent that I brought to the table serious, and so mm -hmm. I thought it was a very successful time, you know? And you could get your shape right, right? You could get my shape get right shape and on make board, actual right? dollars. Yeah. Not a bad thing Yeah, to get a paycheck. 
you know, which I hadn't d gotten before. Yeah. You know, I'd gotten like my flight costs paid for and hotels and stuff. Yeah. But no one ever sold a board and said, here's money. Like he just didn't. I just, you know, and he, and he couldn't. Yeah. So I don't blame him for it. You know, much later when he did like reissues of them and stuff, yes, then there's some kind of a, some kind of a payment involved. But Madrid yeah. was definitely the first actual sponsor, what you would call a sponsor that doesn't just send you a box with a little bit of product, but like being involved in all of that, the personal involvement that you brought to the table, okay. fantastic. Jerry too, same thing. Oh yeah. Like you said, it's a big family, and everyone felt that way. Yeah, that picture over on our wall. It's Let me got, see that picture. Let me walk over there. Real yeah. Quick. It's got, uh, that was East Coast tour, the M-Tech tour, when we had just, oh my uh, God. we had just introduced the M-Tech concave, and it's Mike Smith, Jamie Mossberg, uh, Danforth, yeah. Bryce, Joe Bowers, uh, Florian Bohm, and you and Greg Smith, right? Yeah, Florian didn't do the tour. He only joined for like one of the one of the stops. He was writing for Titus. Right. And he joined us for I think the last two stops maybe. Mm. Um, that's why he's on the photo there. But right. the actual tour was I don't know who the guy with the black hair is in that photo. Is oh, that that's Schmelzer. Schmelzer, of course, yeah. No, no, no. Schmelzer is oh, on the left. Okay, over there. Yeah. That's Joe Bowers. Oh, it is Joe. He just had his hair different. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then Jamie right. Mossberg. Yeah, yeah. Moss, yeah. Yeah, it was a fantastic tour, man. We uh, rented two, I think, Chevys or something, like yeah. old Chevys, and just drove around. It was fantastic. It was yeah. incredible. See the, see the East Coast like that? Actually cover some ground. Don't just go to contests, but actually do, like, demos at right. shops. And right. Sure, you skated, like, quarter ramps, right? Mm -hmm. One slide thing. Whatever anybody would yeah. have. I didn't. Yeah. That it's a, the only problem that was is that shortly thereafter was the Vancouver uh, World Championships, right. and I hadn't really skated halfpipe much. I learned McTwist before this, and I couldn't really do it on that entire tour because all the ramps were super small demo ramps. Right. And so I, it's in the it's in the film about the World Championships how I tried the McTwist there in my run. Yeah. I, had, right. I wasn't able to practice it at all for like two months. So I lost that trick, but <laughs> we were blown away. Lanson, so what I didn't tell you or what we didn't elaborate on is that I was at the Huracana camp with Steve Cavalier and Mike McGill, mm -hmm. but the next year I already became one of the coaches. Right. So I, I went fast from paying to see someone skate to I'm the coach here. Yeah. And I did it for three years. Yeah. And so I also did it in the year when Mike invented the McTwist. I did it with Lance Mountain. And uh, later I did one camp with Billy Ruff and Neil Blender, but always with Rodney as a freestyle guy. Mm, nice. So, yeah. no, Mike one day went out in the morning by himself, practiced that thing, and came back and with an incredible look on his face, says, I got something you need to see. Wow. And then it was like seeing a UFO landing. Right, like, yeah, that's oh, history right there. And the first ones weren't quite as upside down as he right. later made. I think he that turned into that once he went to right, Del Mar. An actual McTwist yeah, rather than was, just a But it was point. already getting there, and it was incredible to see. Wow. And wow. I don't think, I'm sure people have talked about doing a 540 of sorts, but mm. gave up trying under coping. I think Mike just realized you have to do it very high. Yeah. 
to have the time and then sort of deal right. with the landing somehow, which and was not a problem. Hanging up. And not hanging up. Yeah. So yeah. that was the year when we also shot that incredible triple uh, mm-hmm. photo. Right, right. That's uh, Lance grinding frontside, me doing a frontside air, and Mike doing a, a alley-oop backside air over us. So that was in, in the mag a lot, and it was a big one. But that's the kind of place when you go to a camp like that for three weeks and you have a perfect half pipe and you have great skaters there, then people start working on stuff. Tony, a year later or something, or two years later, invented the 720 there. Um, that's just kind of what happens, mm-hmm. you know. It's like a uh, like an incubator. Yeah, where like Gons went to the French camp that they had and, and did like the first stalefish and stuff. It's what people do. It's like skaters among skaters for a long time, bored, let's skate. But no, it's, uh, I can tell you, 100% Mike McGill landed that thing, imagined that thing, and did it. I, I wish wow. I wish I would have woken up earlier that day to just, you know, <laughs> sneak, sneak, r- r- be after him and watch from yeah. a distance and, and see what he was doing there by himself. Yeah. Not yeah. with, like, anyone there to catch his fall if needed or nothing. <laughs> yeah. And no, much later I did mine, but they, yeah. they weren't even that great. <laughs> How much later would you say before you A were? year? Yeah. It was a very, very big trick. Yeah. It sort of split the group of skaters right, in yeah. half. Right. Yeah. If you, you either became that, one of those right. guys or that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a dangerous move. You know, you could still look at someone like Jeff Phillips. You could still win contests and not do the trick. Yeah. By just having a, a great run. And, but nowadays, it's impossible. You can't spin more than a 360, then... What are you doing here? <laughs> right. You know, like 10-year-old spinning 900s. Yeah. <laughs> but those are different times. Yeah. I don't even think that skateboarding defined itself by the level of skateboarding. It, it's a lot more about personality, yeah. I think. It's a lot more about what are you bringing to the table as a person rather than, oh, you're doing this trick and you're not. But the McTwist maybe was the first trick to start changing that a little bit it's not so much o'neill is the funny guy it's more like mm-hmm. o'neill's not doing the mctwist <laughs> right right you know yeah, what i yeah. mean so yeah. yeah yeah you're right it really did separate you either did the mctwist or you were eighth or below right and, and now jimmy wilkins is doing an ollie mctwist like it's nothing yeah it's like far out you know yeah. crazy it's almost like watching like a Jackie Chan movie or yeah. something. Yeah, I'm thinking if he if he would have arrived at the camp with like a time machine and pulled that trick, mm-hmm. where would we be now? We'd be doing, you know, <laughs> where are we going to be? I'm yeah. skating on the moon. I kind of hope that skateboarding. <laughs> like I, I really think that skateboarding is the funnest when it's a thing for more people than just an elite group. Yeah, that's why contest skating is one thing, and it's. Even for me, fun to watch that thing because you can now watch it online when it happens. It's fun to see that, but the essence of skateboarding is something else, yeah. and that you can't forget. You know, so let him have that trick. I love it. I felt great for Mike to do it. We actually watched him hurt his knee mm-hmm. in France a couple of months later doing that trick. Yeah. So he lost it for a little bit, and then got it back, and maybe lost it again. I'm not sure. Maybe Mike, can mm-hmm. you still do it? I hope you can. Mm-hmm. He's still in good shape, so he might be. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a definite important moment in time, you know? Yeah. So you came to Vancouver 
in 86. Correct. And um, you didn't just do vert out or ramps you did everything didn't you right i skated freestyle but yeah and i skated the bowl thing yeah i did good in half pipe and bowl not so good in freestyle yeah but that's because you have to make a decision are you going to be pierre andre sunny's Zersh or rodney <laughs> or not you know which means you have to just do that one thing right but i still love doing it you know it's fun i didn't have a routine put together or nothing but i was like whatever let's do it i like that i like slalom i like Downhill, I like all of those parts of skateboarding. I don't really, I see myself like an all-round skateboarder, or in my words, as a skateboarder. Right, it is. It's skateboarding. Right. You know, I'm probably going to alienate some of our listeners, but even with longboards, if it's got trucks, it's got yeah. wheels, and it's got a board, it's a skateboard. Well, I watch, like, I follow you guys on Instagram, and I see the downhill videos, and, yeah. like, that's so gnarly. That's crazy. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I don't think I could have ever done it like that. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. That's totally skateboarding to me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I've heard some guys say, I'm more of a manual type of guy. And, like, what does that say about you, though? <laughs> I mean... You're not accepting 99% of yeah. all skateboarding because you're a manuals. manual type yeah. of guy? <laughs> it's kind of my thing. I just do manuals. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, well, have fun, dude. Yeah. You know? I'm an Ollie guy. It's no big deal. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Weird. I spent a lot of times when my early Santa Cruz years, I spent a lot of time with Nadas and Gons. Mm-hmm. When they were developing, like I saw Natas, and we've been there the other day at the first handrail he ever tried, which is at, at Oceanside Pier. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's right. uh, the street competition there. I remember it. Um, he just tried it in his run, and no one thought much of it. But later, I saw him do the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also Mark, and you could see how every day he would just like because he could do the ollie up on everything, and so he was doing it up on everything. And it's crazy to see these people skate. Um, certainly not my perf- like I'm not the best street skater skater out there but I also did it all mm-hmm. the time of course uh, something I, mm-hmm. I grew up on street skating if you want you know there's mm-hmm. a street I skated it yeah you know that's all we had well you mentioned Santa Cruz briefly and I mean you know we've we've touched on a, a few episodes and even internally we've always talked about you know Jerry Madrid kind of starting the Madrid team and in, in his mind it was kind of a farm team focus you know and the idea of kind of get these guys started and graduate on to other companies and bigger mm. things. So what was your transition from Madrid and, and when and why and how and how did that all come about? Right. Well, it's a friendly transition, I hope, for my part, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I feel like I brought a lot to the table. I got to work with the super nice people out here. At some point, I got picked up by Richard Medivere to ride Santa Cruz Speed Wheels. Right. And um, I loved that team. I loved what he was doing. There's a bit of money involved, a photo yeah. incentive too, and it's a good thing. And everyone here was cool. I remember we talked about it. You're like, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Tim Piamata has always, like I said, when Spidey was there, like years before, wanted me on the team, wanted a board with me even. So he's kind of followed what I was doing. So I got sixth in halfpipe at the Vancouver World Championships. And I meet him on the stair up to the ramp after the contest. And he just looks at me and goes, 
he has a very distinct voice. I'm not going to try to do it like that. But yeah. he's like, grab care. Yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Grab care. Why not you joining Santa Cruz now? I've been trying for years. Right. So I didn't think about it much yet. But then, like I said, I went home. I had orange hair at the time, and I went and started my job apprenticeship. Like, you learn a job in Germany for two years before yeah. you get actual pay. Yeah. You get a little bit of pay, but you learn the job. And I learned the job of a, uh, well, what they do now with a scanner, like preparing for print. Mm -hmm. Back then was a big topic on film and whatnot, mm -hmm. a complicated matter. And I learned that in, in my hometown. I only did it for a year because somewhere in there, in the time of being in a band, bringing out records on Rough Trade Records mm -hmm. with the Smith and all wow. of that. Yeah. Plus making a magazine and a zine. I had a zine called Death Zone also. Right. Having a beautiful girlfriend, now wife, skateboarding, all of that stuff together. I was sitting there at the job going, what am I doing yeah. here? Yeah. And then Santa Cruz kept calling. What are we doing here? Yeah. We're ready to go. This is going to be huge. Yeah. So... Yeah, and you know, for for me, it was Jerry always saw it as kind of a farm team, right? Not me, right? I you were wanted, pissed off. I wasn't pissed off. No, especially with you. I would I understand with you off. and I. I would understand because we yeah. had a personal thing going. Yeah, no, I wasn't pissed off. Well, any with any of them, it really kind of, you know, kind of set me back on a few because I'm like, man, this guy's. Hmm. Who, whether it was Jenks or Grahalski or yeah. Douglas. There's a lot of them, right? All the big names. Roscop, yeah. Kendall. Oh, my God. Um, so it was like, man, they're tearing away part of the, the family. But I always saw that, shit, whether it was a Santa Cruz or a Powell or whoever, is going to have a lot more money and is going to be able to do a lot better for these right. guys. With you, it was like, I don't know. It, it was just different. It felt like this is what we need to do for Klaus or Klaus needs to do. He needs mm. to move on to this really big opportunity. Right. So for me, it was like it was never going to change our relationship. It didn't. It, it didn't. just, okay, so now he's living yeah. at that apartment. Right. Well, and you see, was I was, like I said, I was all of a sudden I was learning a job. I wasn't working and skateboarding. Right. I just got sixth in the world championships. And I'm home, sitting there with my orange hair, with these people that are like two or three years younger than me that didn't even want to learn that job. I wanted to learn that job because I was bringing out magazines, but I was wasting my time. Right. And the opportunities for Santa Cruz, as you were saying, were incredible. I needed yeah. some pay, to be honest, in the first place. Sure. And I was just intrigued by how hard... Uh, Tim was going and yeah. saying, hey, man. So I said, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Right? Called you, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah and said, hey, man. It's a blur. <laughs> I've never done any drugs or any yeah. drop of alcohol, just so you know. Yeah. It's a natural blur. Um, but, uh, and then, so I work with Tim, and you don't just do a board. He was different. He was, he's same cloth as you. Slightly different in what he, how he does it. Yeah. I sent him what I thought was a good idea. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to go through, just so you know, we're going to go through about 10 test boards. I want you to be 100% happy. So the first batch of test boards was like three different, like I came up with the shape. 
he sort of warped that around a little bit in his right. own world. Ah, I don't like this. I skated it. The tail didn't feel right, blah, blah, blah. It's a very distinct shape, especially the tail. So he came up with that. And graphic-wise, I found my perfect match. Oh, yeah. Jim Phillips. Hey, Jim. So I've always had clocks. Perfect. <laughs> I love Run it. Run with it. I yeah. love it. So what were you thinking? I'm like, I'm thinking exploding clock. He's like, oh, my God. You just made my day. I said, and it's me skating through the clock. That's why the clock right. is breaking. I'm destroying time, he's like. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Back in the day, fax machines. Right. No one no one listening in knows what that is. But it's yeah. a prehistoric way of sending a graphic, for instance, right. via a paper medium. Mm -hmm. So I get a black and white. I wish I still had it. I don't. But a first scribble. Right. Very much already that that what it became right i'm like okay we'll change this and that blah 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 and to everybody out there this is a good one for madrid the little skater guy in my exploding clock mm -hmm. is me doing a smith grind on my madrid skateboard <laughs> <laughs> it's a photo that well, my friend you. uli took uh -huh. i'm riding it's that's pretty it's when i was still right riding there. for madrid yeah. a local ramp yeah but he loved that shot. He's like, I'm going to use that shot. I'm like, all right, I'm the awesome. board. He's like, not showing the bottom. I'm like, okay. But that, for all the Santa Cruz fans out that's there, that's rad. me riding in Madrid skateboards with fly, flywheels. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, but pretty soon he had it. Then I get a board sent by Tim that has like his scribbles on, blah, blah, blah. But it's got like a three-color print of the graphic. So I'm like, all right, well, something's missing here. Dwayne has the stripes. I need some stripes or something. Mm. It needs to cover the board. So I get the version back with the stripes. Perfect. So that's how that was done. And the important part here is because you were right about that. He needs to go somewhere. Something needs to happen here with this guy. Because I was, again, I was working. This could have been the rest of my skateboard career. But now I'm in this job. And after a half year of me working there, I now get to see my first numbers. The board is out for a month. You, at the time, got a, a dollar per board, and my yeah. first check was $18,600. My boss at the time probably made five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I watched how that evolved, and it didn't get less. Sure. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna need to quit here, <laughs> right? So I went, I flew, one-way ticket was a thing at the time, you could mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. This is before 9-11, so they would let you just fly in and yeah. Right. Decide when you wanted to go home. Yeah. And I went to Santa Cruz Skateboards on a one-way ticket. I told my parents I'm just on a vacation. I didn't mm -hmm. tell them I quit because they were super stoked on me having a, having job. a job. Learning yeah. a trade. You know, having exactly. <laughs> and I, I, call my, I remember I called my mother. I said, hey, I uh, just wanted you to know I'll be real brief and real quick. I don't want your comments or anything. I quit my job at Bertelsmann, and I'm now with Santa Cruz Skateboards. I'm in Santa Cruz on a one-way ticket not flying home in two weeks like I told you and that's the end of that and I hung up <laughs> ten minutes later one of the secretaries comes in Klaus there's a phone call for you <laughs> she somehow found out the phone number for Santa Cruz skateboards I don't know how because there wasn't you couldn't she couldn't google it sticking <laughs> through one of your magazines at home maybe she did I, I have to ask her about yeah. that and yeah. she goes now I'll be real quick and blunt <laughs> that's okay with us just wow. be safe and she hung up on me I'm like wow <laughs> That's so awesome. then I got That's like a good. check card. Tim said, like, here's, by the way, here's your bank account thing. You can mm. deduct money. Right. And it was a pretty high amount of money was on that. 
Oh, yeah. That could count. I was I'm like, sure. oh, my God. Especially for how old are you at this time, you know? Good question. This is an 86. Uh, 23. That's good money. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the um, – it's gone now, unfortunately. But you know how I had a Jaguar? Fender Jaguar. Yeah, I bought that Fender Jaguar that day. Yeah, really. Had a yeah. cool little guitar shop in Santa Cruz. Was that your uh, first first Santa splurge Cruz. with your new? Yeah, skateboard you didn't money. have to worry yeah. about it. I'm like, I'm having that one. <laughs> so no discussion on the price or nothing. Yeah. It's a '68 Fender Jack. You know, Let's still have, have it? it? No. Mm. <laughs> 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 I feel bad about it now. I don't. I swapped it against something. Yeah, else yeah. In time, yeah. But so yeah, that was that move. It wasn't about the company. It certainly no. wasn't about you or anyone here. It was just an opportunity that was just bigger at yeah. the time. Yeah. And sometimes that's what you have to do, you know. You started playing music in the late 70s. I did. Uh, actually, actually, early 80s. Early 80s. Spidey okay. came. He was a guitar player. He taught me how to play guitar. I wanted a band. And she, she's, Donna's the one who got me in the band. A guy was oh. talking to me. I'm looking for a singer, and she said, "I'm not sure how you knew that, but you know, he's a great singer. He'll do it." <laughs> and so I was in my first band, Eight Days, which later that did was like, your first yeah, band. That was my first band. Wow. The first song I ever sang, and the first take, too, that I ever sang is "What's So Strange About Me." That song that made it onto the Santa Cruz soundtrack. Right. Right. Yeah. That's my brother had a little studio down in the cellar. Here's a mic. Sing the song. I. Thought up the song and practiced the song. Stood in front of the mic, sang it. That's it. Very quick. Yeah. Did like six, maybe eight songs. I'm not sure for that video. It's also something that I did. Like I had an interest in music always. Just collecting records and stuff. And then there was a band. Yeah, we toured a lot. But had bigger bands later. But that's the first band I had. Yeah. Yeah. That was more kind of skate rock. I would say days. it's more like... British indie, okay. almost like the Smith in a way, I always thought. Okay. A little bit of definitely new wave. Skate rock is a term, I believe, invented by Mofo. Yeah. Yep. And he really just meant skaters doing music. Right. Yeah. Whatever it was. So the first skate rock tapes had like just feedback on it or whatever, or like sometimes it was punk rock. But the actual term skate rock that people think about now, they think about no effects or something like that, like a, a fast-paced, yeah, um, sort of like Millen Collin from Sweden sure. or something like that. I've heard people call Bad Religion skate rock. Yeah, so that Fat Records kind of. But uh, we were in that, that, we were on that tape. Yeah. Um, and that tape got us a record deal with Rough Trade because they saw the telephone number on the tape and they're like, <laughs> these guys are good. But we always thought about ourselves more as a, like a new wave indie rock, okay. whatever band. I don't think we ever person like I don't think my band ever used the term skate rock. Eight days and then I had two bands then after okay. that. I had a band called Alternative All Stars. Alternative All Stars. That's and then I had a band called Thumb. Right. And that's like a post hardcore, real hard stuff. Like Alternative right. All Stars was both of them are really successful. Successful, I have to say, like yeah. MTV music videos and stuff. I at one point, not sure if you know this, I had an MTV show. I didn't. Yeah, it was actually, it started with the Titus show. Titus had developed the show. Okay. And the idea was to have the skaters be like, Steve, it's a show about Steve Cavallaro, and he will be the guy announcing between whatever video clips they showed. And then I did mine, and the MTV people said, your idea is good, but we want this guy to be 
the main host of the wow. show. So I got to do that for a little bit. So people were recognized me on the street and stuff. <laughs> but my band, Alternative All-Stars, was more like what Eight Days was. So like I played guitar and sang. I wrote right. all the songs. And we toured with Bon Jovi. Did a whole European right. tour with yeah, Bon Jovi. Stuff. Toured with uh, Bad Religion. Oasis uh, from England. I don't know how big they are here, but they are like the biggest thing ever in Europe. Oasis? Yeah. Oh, they were massive. Yeah, yeah they were one of the so, biggest rock Yeah, we all did all that. We that never we, heard of them. We pulled a, <laughs> pulled a very good crowd ourselves. And yeah. Then my other band that was happening parallel, I had record deals with uh, BMG, uh-huh. EMI, and on the other side, um, yeah, some was with EMI, and then I was with BMG with the other band, which is unheard of. It's yeah. like writing for two companies yeah, at the same time. Yeah, how did they allow that? You know, most major because labels said, won't even let you, like, No, you know, I had a deal with them, yeah. and they were, like, real hardcore and sure. heavy, and I was just singing in that, but also involved in everything else. I really put my heart and soul in both of those bands. But then the other band was sort of happening on the side, and I had collected enough stuff for an album, and our manager for Thumb was like, yeah, we need to bring this out. So we offered it to the same to, to EMI. And we said, you know, how about this? And they're like, no, nah, we don't want to do it. And I said, yeah, but I want to do it. And I'm not going to, like, pursue anything if you're not okay with this. And they're like, oh, we'll go somewhere else. That's fine. So we went to BMG. And it's that was pretty unheard of in the major. Very unheard world. of. Yeah. Yeah, Very yeah. unheard of. But anyway, it did, didn't take much persuasion. They understood. It's something that – and that was more pop, rock, whatever. And yeah. But Thumb, we opened up for Foo Fighters yeah. in the, on their first European tour. We Henry Rollins, End of Silence tour, mm-hmm. all of that. And they pulled, Thumb pulled about 2,500 people every night wherever they went. We played all the major festivals. It was a proper music career. Like well, the early big to, shot. Yeah, early to mid-90s is when I was absorbing all things Victory Records. Yeah, we so were on Victory how, here yeah, in the States. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I knew of Thumb at the we time. We were the first German band to ever play the Warp Tour. Yeah. Oh, you heard? Thumb oh yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. It was like I say, Victory Records for a, yeah. for a minute, especially for me, was the label. I mean, I was again, I Tony Brown. straight edge hardcore kid, you know. Yeah. So it's all that. Yeah. Snap it's kind of what Thumb was, was, but was we had a DJ in the yeah. band. So yeah, yeah. that's sort of the difference. But and there was more melody than yeah. because the first album, the boys didn't want me to sing really because they're like, ah, oh, you come from eight days. That's so melodic. We don't yeah. need that here. Yeah. So I was just barking. Yeah. But then the second and third album uh, changed direction. And the one that you would know is a third album mm-hmm. called Exposure yeah. that recently mm-hmm. came out again on vinyl. And we got to number 19 in the German album choice. Nice. Yeah. Just for the re- reissue of that. How did you guys form that connection with Victory? Like, how did that come about? Um, we had the offer to play the Warp Tour. And we reached out to some American labels throughout mm-hmm. management to say, look, is anyone going to bring this out? What, what's going to happen here? So. Then uh, Tony Brummel, who runs Victory Records, said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, sure, I'm in. That's cool." And then, did he know you through your skating career? No, I don't yeah. think so. Just later, yeah. we met him in mm-hmm. uh, Detroit, I think. They're from Chicago. Uh, Chicago, Chicago, exactly. Yeah. We met yeah. him in Chicago, and then we talked about that. But maybe a good thing he didn't know, because sometimes, yeah. you know, I was personally a little careful if if record companies uh, jumped on that too quickly. Yeah. We were talking with Thumb. We were talking to Roadrunner uh, at the time because we thought they're the perfect fit for us. Sure. And then the guy's like, yeah, we'll put a half pipe on stage. And <laughs> they had a band called Doggy Dog who are also oh, a skate-oriented. Yeah, sure, I produced sure. their last yeah, album. Okay. 
Um, so I have a good connection to them. And they're like, we'll, we'll put Doggy Dog and you on tour together. Right. And while they're playing, you are skating the half pipe. <laughs> and so that's when my band decided we're not. That's yeah. And then so we had talks with EMI, but they didn't know who I was. So it's good. We had a fresh start. They later found right. out who I was. And yes, then we were on television a lot talking about that or skating yeah. or whatever. Did you consciously want to remove the novelty of I didn't want it at first guy. because yeah. people wouldn't understand that anyways. In yeah. the record industry, people at that time didn't know too much about skating. Mm-hmm. They, It's a good tool to promote maybe, but I didn't want to sell out for that. Yeah. You know? It's like, look, this is I'm, I'm a musician here. We're yeah, talking about music, music here. Yeah. You know, I later maybe realized that with me, I'm all of that, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just single one thing out. While I was on Madrid, I wasn't really in a band yet, mm-hmm. right? But then pretty shortly after I was, and I took it quite serious. And But I still believe it's a good thing to not sell it as, like you were saying, skate rock. Yeah, right. Saying it's yeah. the guy from Santa Cruz Skateboards sure. is now in right. a band or something. I think, you know, I was always afraid that... that <clears throat> Because I was also a photographer for both Thrasher and Transworld. Mm. It's another unheard of thing, right? I don't know how that happens. Maybe yeah. I'm just persuasive. You know, maybe yeah. I'm like, this is going to happen. Yes, Everybody well. loves you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But um, so I didn't sell myself as a photographer either. Mm. Like, I'm only a photographer. But I right. actually do a lot of photography and video. Mm-hmm. You know, we're probably later going to get into Fence Band, and I, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, do a lot of their graphic stuff and photo stuff. And I never, these days, I don't see myself as all, like every single one of these things. It's more like, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. I, I'm able to to use stuff from different fields mm-hmm. to, to contribute to one thing. Outside of playing music, at what point did you develop more of a focus on engineering and producing? Hmm, and kind of get behind the, the gears. And I think it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, from a more negative experience. Having bad recordings with your own Exactly. Yeah. Um, having, going into the studio, recording something. And the first stuff sounded great because that's the one that's on the Santa Cruz f- f- video. And I actually mm-hmm. think that sounds great. But it's it sort of just happened. So you're recording the next album, and now everything's not sounding great. And yeah. I put on a Beatles record, and I'm like, why are they sounding this way? And 40 years later, we're not. Right. Well, because they use this and that. Oh, interesting. Can we use that? Yeah, I don't have it. Well, I get it. And then, oh, now it's sounding better. You know, learning that, you know, looking over someone's shoulder, saying why is certain things, you know, why is that slapback delay good for this and not for that. Then reading up some books and being very interested in it, much like skateboarding. Yeah. When I was like super interested in skateboarding, you know, and you absorb everything. Yeah. And it wasn't like I could Google how to record. So yeah. you have to like read through these big books and learn by failing a lot. And so pretty early on, like the second and third Eight Days records, I all already produced. Um, it was still the same guy running the technology behind it because I didn't yet know how to run the tape machine properly. Yeah. But I knew I wanted the mic in this position mm-hmm. and I wanted that guitar to be doubled and I wanted the vocals panned to the left or whatever. You know, so that's what I did. And I did that with everything that came out that that I was a part of. Did you at some point now graduate to having your own studio? And yeah. Was that a period of just amassing a bunch of equipment over the years? And finally, where was it like, yeah. I'm going to open a studio and I'm going to go get all this gear? Kind of like that. Yeah. 
kind of like that. I um, met this old guy who used to work for Telefunken. Telefunken is one of the companies that sort of invented how people are doing audio now. The XLR, for instance, that you're using mm -hmm. on your mics is developed by Telefunken. So I met a guy, he repaired something for me, and I, I noticed, okay, so he, he used to work for Telefunken since the 30s. And so he knew a lot of stuff about it. So he made me a list of things to look for. And I bought that stuff at flea markets and got like some really good deals and some mm -hmm. of the good gear. I didn't have a place to record though. I only had like a little, like an upstairs studio for a little bit. The problem was always, what do I record to? Because tape recorders were expensive mm -hmm. and they would break very easy. Mm -hmm. And then there was something called ADAT, which is like a video recorder mm -hmm. type deal. And it also was only good for 400 hours of recording, which is nothing, yeah. to be honest. Um, then I got a, the first really, really good tape recorder and later went to computers, of course. But I still have a lot of equipment. So when you first opened the studio, were you like, I mean, reel-to-reel, -reel, like yeah. analog? Totally. 16-track? What was the... What yeah, was I had an 8-track mm -hmm. tube tape recorder made of mahogany wood. Yeah from England yeah. that was breaking all the time and warping. I would yeah. like record bands in their practice room. The thing was super heavy. Yeah. The band would have to come. We'd have to like all carry the thing into mm -hmm. the van, drive it to the practice room, record them in the practice room, and then I'd mix it at home. That's my, my start in all of a -tracks, that. A-tracks, you said? A-track. Mm -hmm. And then so there's famously, there's a band that have a seven inch out and the second, like the B-side, start speeding up a lot by the end of it because my tape recorder just <laughs> who's speeding that? up. Who's that band? Uh, they're called Super Sucker World Cup. Okay. <laughs> it's a Mark, Mark's band. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because the tape recorder just was, and it was honestly my pain. I couldn't get this thing yeah. repaired and I didn't know what to do. And went from one medium to the other, you know, tried different tape recorders, eventually got a Studer, which is state of the art, and was able to work professionally with it, you know. But now computers are easier. Now you need nothing. You need a one backpack full of equipment. You can do a whole record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could probably just literally. We just fire up this Mac. Which we, right you know, I'm yeah. doing it all the time. I yeah. just did a record for for the picture books, my son's band with guest singers, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, Neil Fallon from Clutch, Dennis Luxon from Refused. Nice. All all of those guys yeah. were recorded with my little UAD solo, one microphone straight into the computer. I didn't even need a, a power source. Sure, yeah. All of this just works. What's the studio look like today, though? I mean, are you... Are the studio's you, big. Yeah. It's, uh, it's now not my studio anymore. It's the picture book studio because mm -hmm. they took over. Mm -hmm. Also, my job, they took over. Like, that's what I do now. Yeah. I don't... Um, I, I did all of my music for the longest time, and Finn uh, joined me in the bunk of the Nightliner on many tours. And so got to see that. But once his, he got a record deal when he was 17. So once that took off, they obviously needed someone that knows that business because it's a crazy business. Yeah. And so I stepped in, but I was still producing bands like Doggy Dog, for mm -hmm. instance, on the side. I was working with a lot of European bands, a lot of Norwegian bands. Sort of word got around in Norway that this guy's good. I sometimes just mixed some of their records. Mm -hmm. Didn't really produce it, but just mixed stuff. But then the time came when these guys were playing so much that we needed, I needed to be full-time sound guy for them, producer and tour manager. So the studio is theirs now, but it's got a big recording room. We've got a couple of recording rooms. We've got a big room where we work on motorcycles. They're sponsored by Harley Davidson. So 
we have a lot of bikes standing around. Now, so we now you're speaking my language. <laughs> see, is that your SR five hundred out it there? Is, yeah, there you go. We have my, a couple. That's of, my COVID project. That's that's yeah. his first. Uh, nice, yeah. His first actual motorbike yeah. is SR five hundred. Yeah, I had mine too. Yeah. I had bikes throughout my skating days. I was mm, an yeah. enduro type guy, like XP five sure. hundred Yamahas mm-hmm. and stuff. But then when Finn was born, I got a Vespa, mm-hmm. and I would have him on the Vespa with me when he was young, driving the skate park, riding yeah. the skate parks. But at some point, they got Yamahas and then Harleys. Harley saw that, and then they're like, hey, man, can you work on some of these modern bikes too? Yeah. And so I think you have four bikes given to you already by Harley. <laughs> it's a dream. It's kind of insane. It is insane. <laughs> but, yeah, so the studio now is sort of half-half. It's, yeah. a, it's a big bike thing where we also record because the reverb is great in that room. And the other half of it is a professional-sounding, still pretty big room where we do most of the guitar and vocal stuff, the vocal cabin, all of that stuff. I've got a big Neumann mixing desk, one of four ever made. I've got a lot of Telefunken and Neumann gear. It's a very nice-looking... It's a magical place. Yeah. It's where kind of everything comes together. And there's a skateboard in there. The only time I really skate actively is every day when I mix. I, yeah. I go into the main room with the wooden flooring, and I just do like some little kick turn, like nice. I pretend I'm riding a half pipe <laughs> or something. Is this part of your house or is it separate? No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. out on a, in like a preser- uh, nature preservative resort. Nice. And it's on a farm. So the picture books. Tell me about that's, it. That's You tell me about it. That's your full-time gig now. It is my full-time gig. You started in, what, 2009, was it? Oh, you mean me? Yes. Like, uh, like, we're talking me? to Finn now. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of similarities with my dad here, as I am his son. <laughs> well, that was going to be one of my questions. I mean, a lot of times kids will see what their parents are doing and go, fuck, no, I'm going this direction. Yeah. I'm yeah. totally different. But you grew up with a dad that's a pro skater and a musician. Was that something you always wanted to kind of do, or, or did you look to become uh, what a politician or something completely different well definitely had phases where i wanted to do stuff that had nothing to do with that i couldn't even recall the kind of stuff but i'm the kind of guy that fans out on stuff and really becomes that kind of like i guess my dad is you know he nerds out on stuff like how he just talked about all the small pieces of equipment that he has, you yeah, know, for a lot yeah. of people. Even for me, it's like, I'm like, wow, like, that's way too much information, you know. <laughs> but, so I, as, when I fan out on something, I really go crazy on it. So with skateboarding and music, he never forced that onto me. Mm-hmm. It was never like, go skate, go right. skate. <laughs> it's just I see a bunch of skater there. dads out there try to do that to their kids, and yeah. it won't work. It will never work. No, yeah. they're like... Little League dads or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, but I went on skate trips, mm-hmm. did my thing. Like, skate parks are a cool place for kids, you know? Yeah. I was running around there, and there was a skateboard lying around for me if I wanted to, and mm-hmm. sometimes I wanted to, sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I did whatever. Mm-hmm. I even brought my friends with me. I remember always, we had always had my friends with us, and All you would just go to yeah. Munster, skate the ball, mm-hmm. whatever, and we would just play whatever, you know, play games there and stuff like yeah. that. But so skateboarding was just an, to this day it's just in my DNA. Sure, I literally was born skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Right. I have pictures as a baby with fucking pads on on the skateboard <laughs> in the kitchen. So I, I cannot not be one. You know right. I am a skateboarder right. living this life. 
first. Skateboarding is first. Everything wow. I do, I do it's... it from a skateboarding perspective. Yeah. And I think only skateboarders can understand that. It's something you cannot tell or make a person that is not a skateboarder understand how we see the world. Right. Yeah. We right. never just walk by a curb and, and, <laughs> and think, oh, curb. Yeah. Right. We look at the paint. Is it thick enough to do grind zone in? Right. That staircase is it skatable? Rough, yeah. rough ground here. It's right. Hard to skate. Yeah, it's you, always rough ground. I'm walking. I'm like, oh, you couldn't skate yeah, here. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, I only see beauty in things that are skatable. You know. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that house. Why? Mm. Well, look at yeah, that transition. <laughs> yeah. yeah you see that bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so that's in me, and mm-hmm. skateboarding be- definitely. And I don't know. If maybe that was because my dad was doing it that way and I thought it's the right way to do it that way, but I was trying to make it a thing, like a my job or something. Mm-hmm. I was sponsored by Tito's. Mm-hmm. I was going that direction, but I was definitely feeling, oh, this is not working out for me. I can't do the sponsored thing. I love skateboarding. Mm-hmm. I really do, but it's fun for me. It's my right, life. Right. And I can't have that being my job. I can't yeah. imagine... There was situations where, like, I was at a skate contest wearing a, a Rolling Stone shirt, and that was a problem. Like, why am I not representing the brand? Mm. Now I'm older. I, right. I tell that to a 13-year-old that's just hyped on skateboarding and think, I thought having a Rolling Stone shirt is really important that day. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes sense, too. So yeah. it was like, you know, those. It was, it was this situation that you're in as a teenager when you want to be in that world. So I realized real fast, and that was the same time music was happening. Um, again, not something that my dad got me into, just friends that were doing music, and I was around that, and mm-hmm. there was a guitar lying around, or guitars, and, and other instruments, and so it was just there, you know? It was it was never forced on me, but it was there, so I was using it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was like a good transition. I had a new, I was still in school, I was still a kid, so I was like, all right, I'm not doing the sponsor thing. I'm still skating. I just want to do music and see wherever this is going. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be a job as well. It was just right. something something I did after school and after skateboarding. But it got real good what we were doing. Like I, I was feeling something special there. Yeah. He at some point listened to some of the stuff we were doing because we were practicing in our house yeah uh, could not listen to yeah, it. yeah it like, <laughs> it's not like i could not <laughs> hear it. Some, i remember yeah. it just at some point you just because we were in the attic uh that's where our practice room was he, he just went up to it he's like this is good we should <laughs> you you guys if you ever feel like recording something you let me know and we go to the studio and record whatever you're mm. doing up here wow. but here's me and that is not me actually feeling that way like i would have loved to just say let's go do that right now mm. but there, there is this, and that's a skateboarder thing. I think a, a problem in skateboard, in, in the skateboarder's mind, it's like, well, maybe that is not cool. Like, if my dad is recording me now, you know, sure. I would get the, oh, well, you're Grabke's son, you know. Right. I, I would <laughs> sure. get that, yeah, yeah, shoved down my throat. And you want to pave your own way, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. I was kind of scared of that, but I felt like the more I was trying to push that away or try to not do that i felt like the more people were smelling that that mm. i was like scared of that so at some point i just gave up on that fear mm-hmm. and at that point i just didn't even care if anybody yeah. thought. Oh, it was vanished yeah i didn't even hear if it like maybe somebody talked about it that way but i didn't even hear it anymore Be- but before that i was I, I was probably like so scared of it that i heard it in everything that they were saying like are you right. accusing me of you know, like I was right. sure, yeah, very a little suspicious. defensive and suspicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. then yeah, that music thing became something. We got we were recording some stuff, all fun, all fun and games, mm. nothing serious. 
But in 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 the back, he was sending that stuff out to like oh. people. He was proud dad stuff. Yeah, of course. I knew some people in the record business that became very good personal friends, mm-hmm. right? And I sent it out to two of them, and one song is all they needed. Mm. So they called you and said, "We'd like yeah. to make a record it's a, with you." It's so a good good guy that. I really just was like, hey man, this is what my kid's doing. We yeah. just recorded a song. Yeah. So we had booking and, and label when he was 17. It's a mm. weird business, the music business. He didn't send it out to people that would screw me over or something. Like yeah. honest people. Yeah, sure. And the, the guy that we really, to this day, work with is a guy called Arna. He has a label called Noise Illusion in mm. Berlin. Uh, to this day, my, my favorite person. Mm. And... Uh, Probably my Bo Brown, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, somebody that kind of took over at some point and helped me find a way in that music business and is still involved in everything I do. Is, he's oh, the guy cool. that I call, ask for, for advice, you know. Wow. Uh, good guy. And, yeah, so it's that started happening. We were playing shows at the beginning. I was learning a lot still, you know, which basically translates into making a lot of mistakes. And, um, yeah, fast forward, a lot of things changed. A three-piece band became a duo, and uh, uh, we're now an international touring band playing, like, 200 shows a year. Shout out to Philip. Somewhere in between that, we were starting getting into motorcycles, and all over this, we were skateboarders. (laughs) Yeah, and you guys have played, like, the Born Free festivals. We did did, did cool stuff out here. Like, that's kind of what, you know, the skateboarding and, and motorcycle scene that's how kind of the band started out finding their paths, you know, like that's the thing. That's the coolest thing about skateboarding is skateboarders are all over. If, mm-hmm. if you go to Universal Records or something mm-hmm. like that, or you go to Capitol, probably there's at least like tw- 10 to 20, maybe even people that come from a skateboarding background. Yeah. They're everywhere. Skateboarders yeah. are everywhere. We're basically... Mm-hmm. ruling this world we're the cockroaches of the world exactly <laughs> you know they're not in politics <laughs> so much but yeah no well, oh, they are though there are though are they oh yeah oh yeah Beto. Yeah. yeah okay <laughs> that's Wait, right the right. one okay the, the one, one. <laughs> well maybe not the the people that you see on television but yeah, somewhere yeah. around yeah. there you know everyone yeah. has maybe a background somewhere yeah. somewhere one of my skateboard mentors from berlin who i'm not sure if you ever met of cola yeah he founded the green party in germany so oh, they oh, are out cool. there. So yeah, yeah. forbid me for the comment. They no, are no, out no, there. No, 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 yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. So yeah, yeah uh, that that all of a sudden we came over here at one point. A guy called Cedric Cedric Bixos Savala. He's the sure. singer. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. the singer of Mas Volta. Yeah, and at the drive-in. At the drive-in sure. and other cool projects. He got a hold of us on Instagram, and for us that whole like social media thing was the best thing that could have ever mm-hmm. happened. Being a band from a small town, Germany had the same problems that my dad was talking about, you know, sure. you're seeing what's out there, but you're not there. So we right. were kind of stuck there. Yeah. So he made this show happen in L.A. And, um, and he found you all just through Instagram? Just through or? Instagram, yeah. yeah. He's like, you guys want to show at, huh. at, at the Harvard and Stone in Hollywood? And we're like, dang, hell yeah, we'll, we'll come over for that. Played the show, sold out show. It was a Dice magazine show. Dice mm-hmm. magazine is a, it's a motorcycle um, magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They were liking that we were in a motorcycles. They were liking that we were doing what we were doing. And then in that night, it was just right timing, you know, right people were there. We mm-hmm. we were booked out for the next two months in America, and we were just playing shows. And every night, it was something else was ha- like mm-hmm. a new show would come up. Like, fuck, freaking, uh, uh, what's his name? O'Brien, uh, um, 
his Corey O'Brien. Corey O'Brien. Corey, yeah, sure. You know, like Corey's he would, he, he would open San up Jose. his venue yeah. in, in San Jose at that venue. You, some other club owner, whatever, would be there. Hey, why don't you come over in, in a week or so to my venue that I have in, mm-hmm. in San Francisco? And then, you know, we would just be like, yeah, very open for that. And, mm. and when you're open for something, like you were talking about with skateboarding, when you're when you when you have that drive, that love for something. You'll find that that path will open in front mm. of you. Sometimes you can't plan that out all. You right. know, you can't just be. You you probably don't know what's what's about to happen. But if you're open for it, usually those paths are open up opening up for you. Yeah, and you guys have played a lot of big shows. Oh yeah. And then you also play small venues like Corey's Place or yeah. Alex's Bar. Yeah. What's the what's the draw to do both? Why if you if you're doing these big shows. What's the draw to do smaller clubs? Well, friends, if if you take we just played the the Governor's Ball in New York, Lana Del Rey, all those hmm. mofo's are playing there. You know, it's like it's crazy. It's it's awesome. Yeah. You know, backstage just crazy vibes. You're at the catering and Black Keys and all these guys are there, and it's it's, it's you realize it's a small world because they're all living the same life that we're living. You know, hmm. on the road trying to make a living, you know, and the hassle is the same, even for those big guys, you know, they still have to go up there and, and, you know, give it 110%. That's always hard, no matter how big you are. Same Mm -hmm. with skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And um, so to play these kind of shows where it's thousands of people in front of you and, 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 and you probably think that that's a lot of pressure, Mm -hmm. usually these are the shows where I'm the calmest because everything's fine that's what i'm here for i i'm prepared for this you know that's what i'm preparing for i'm not preparing for the we sold two tickets and you got three guests <laughs> only one person yeah. showed up i don't practice for that you know yeah. i practice for the freaking festivals <laughs> right do you find so, there's a disconnect too when you have you know you've got a sea of strangers you can't even see their face yeah. or you're playing to 200 people where they're right up on the stage with you to me that's far more nerve-wracking you know you, get, you have a disconnect if it's just sort of a sea right. of, of just yeah. anonymity you know you but just... i tell you what you're right about that but because i see them every night because yeah. they do their sound and yeah. tour manage they have an incredible way with the audience yeah and it's 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 a communication thing that happens and works in the Alex's bar. We've mm-hmm. been to Alex's yesterday. He's mm-hmm. like, "When are you coming back? <laughs> we need this place." Full Shout again. out to Alex yeah. Hernandez, you're the yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Even with the big ones, they've done some of the biggest festivals in Europe this yeah. year, and like we've had one in Spain where the audience after the show sort of somehow made it to the side of the stage mm. into almost like a forest area, like hundreds of them. Yeah. Because they knew the band would come off the stage that yeah, way. They and they were shouting like for minutes, big cherubs. Yeah. You're like, okay, so there's something happening that me as a mixed guy, I have to understand. So Finn has this quality to mm-hmm. be the communicator between even in masses of people. Sure. But you're right about that. There is, I think for you guys, when I because I mix you in both situations, there's a more direct thing happening in totally. the smaller venues mm-hmm. absolutely and there's no way around playing the smaller venues because alex is what like a 300 capacity Probably maybe no not even yeah, so maybe yeah i mean yeah, let's max, say whatever yeah, 250 yeah, couple, yeah. but they play in europe they play much bigger places yeah. and stuff but it's still a club show yeah and it needs to happen because festivals are one thing and you sort of have to prove yourself on your own terms yeah especially post-pandemic sure right? 
Well, so well, we do I, good mix of that. I think one thing that we need to add to this is, and I think a lot of the, a lot of this is very comparable to skateboarding. We don't skate for a contest. Mm-hmm. We skate for a lot more reasons than just winning contests. Right, yeah, for sure. So, me doing music, I don't just play music to be up on a stage mm-hmm. and play the big okay. festivals or the cool venues and sell yeah. out shows. I love everything that comes with it. Yeah, I love recording. I love. I, I love the whole social media t- stuff mm-hmm. around it, promoting it. You know, how are you representing graphics? Mm-hmm. We work on all the graphics, merchandise, all that stuff that comes with that. Touring. If you think these days you can be a band that is going on tour and just gets other people to do that job for you, they just hop in the van and that's it. That's not how it's done. That's You're working hours on, on every tour. Find the hotels, find the food, find the... It's a lot of planning out and, and, and getting that done to make it a fun and, and, and actually successful thing if you want to keep doing it. Because I live of doing this, right? Yeah. I'm a musician. That's my job now. Yeah. And if I want to keep it that way for as long as possible. And so you have to be clever about a lot of these things. And that's a, a lot of these things where my dad comes in who mm-hmm. has done a lot of mistakes that he made me not do again especially on the financial side of things, right? Yeah. Bands can't wait to have this huge entourage of people that just wipe their ass all day. And and, right. and, and, and so they all they need to do is be drunk and go on stage and that's it. How do, I, I'm not doing it for that. I don't even, I have no interest in that either. I didn't work my ass off to be now in a position to have this job and do this to be in 10 years or so, forget, forget about all mm-hmm. of this because I was buzzed out all day. Yeah. yeah. That makes no sense in the world to me. So, we're the kind of band that takes this really serious. We have a very, how do you say, strong work ethnic. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Strong, uh, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's it's pops. My best buddy and brother Philip. Shout out to you. He's probably listening to serious. that. Who's in Germany right now? And he's like, "What are you doing in Cali without me?" Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked when you guys came over, and I didn't see him too. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> always with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just us three against the world, and and it's the family that is backing us up. My mother, who's here with us today, uh, my wife, um, uh, my my two grandmas, you know, <laughs> and it's we all work on this together, you know. Yeah. It's 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 a good family affair and makes it all happen. But it's gotten real big over the last couple of years. It's yeah. kind of if anyone wonders what am I doing, I'm doing this, only, <laughs> yeah. and it's a lot. Yeah. Well, you right. mentioned Cedric kind of reaching out to you guys, and I think early on in this conversation, you mentioned Dennis Slickson yeah. singing yeah. on the. Uh, I was, I mean, Refuse is one of my favorites. Yes, they are. How did how did how did you guys link up with Dennis? How did that come about? Well, that's a rap thing about the hardcore scene because we're all hardcore fans. Yeah. Um, that scene is family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no. There's no stars. Yeah. There are, but but you know sure. like. Yeah, yeah. You can meet Dennis right now. And yeah. He would. He wouldn't even give you, a, like a hint that he is somewhat a superstar yeah. and sure, somebody sure. else. He's a very down to earth guy. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Oh God, I Dennis! Play, I played I know. with him a bunch. I played I, with our, Refuse our, yeah. our, international the second, noise. The second sure. picture book show we ever played, and oh, that yeah. is because of Arna, the guy that I talked about that, mm-hmm. that I believe in of Noise Illusion, the first mm. label. So he's like, "I'm going to sign you, but I'm going to throw you into uh, that's a German saying, I think, into cold water." Oh yeah, yeah can I you guess. say that here too? Like, I'm going to yeah. throw you in the water, in cold yeah, water, yeah, and see yeah, how yeah. you react to it. Sure. Yeah. 
And I'm gonna have you play in front of International Noise Conspiracy, oh, which nice. is Dennis Luxon's other course, band. Yeah. Wow. That's how we got them at the Dennis, S- gotcha. at the SO36 in Berlin. So that's a classic spot. Yeah, that's how we got to meet Dennis. And then, well, you know, touring bands. You know, yeah. You just the other day we were we played a show in Oslo, and it's like two in the morning. We go to this like vegan pizza place, mm-hmm. and who do you meet there? Sting with more <laughs> paint on his face. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's he a rock a and roll story the right there. He's like, yeah. we're like, oh, okay. What are you doing here? Yeah. <sighs> Some green piece of shit. Just <laughs> <laughs> have a pizza. Yeah. We talked. and But same thing again. Yeah. You know, he leads living the same life. Of course, yeah. It's, it's, but it's it was so it was INC opening show that probably was. That's skateboarders, artists yeah. in general, yeah. musicians. It's hard to explain that to people that live in a nine-to-five world yeah. or whatever, you know. And I, it took me years to understand that. It was so important for me to make my friends that don't, are not musicians or skateboarders to try to make them understand, hey, man, I'm one of you. I'm one yeah. of you. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. I, don't look at me like I'm artiste and <laughs> I don't know shit about the real world. Yeah. At some point, I had to realize I don't know shit about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know shit about all this crazy, all, like, normal life stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm but just, I'm good at this. This is this. normal life to this you. Is to me, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. every time I, like, I tried before, and he tried to not do, make me do that, but I brought friends on tour. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not saying no to this, or I, I'm, like, I'm not trying to hold you back from doing that because I don't, like, I don't want your friends on tour. You can have your friends on tour. But see for yourself. And I had to realize, it's not made for All of those motherfuckers left after, <laughs> like, two or three days. They're like, how the hell are you living this life yeah it is some people are made for it and some people are just not and well, it's okay and normies, it doesn't mean better yeah. or worse it's just what it is the normies as i call them they'll never have an understanding i mean i'm i'm 20 years removed from getting in a van and going on tour that's right. that's Good far in the rearview mirror for me <laughs> but even to i mean you know i still meet co-workers from past jobs like what do you mean you were in a band like yeah i don't you mean you got on a bus and you played the stadiums? It's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not what this is. You know? Yeah. They just don't, you know, most people just, it's just, they don't understand. Yeah. Getting in a van with five-year buddies and, you know, playing for 20 bucks a night and trying to make it to the next town. It yeah. sounds insane. And it is. But, but it's, well, it's what know. I've been doing since yeah. I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> and compared to some of my skateboard peers... I'm still doing that. Yeah. I've like never left that yeah. van. The van just got bigger. Yeah. It's, it's a little more comfortable. Like the biggest yeah. transit Ford yeah. you could buy for money and we got it for free. Yeah. So that's kind of what's happening. The band just got a lot bigger over the last yeah. years. Just and that doesn't... album you talked about with Dennis is yeah. part of an album where we have guest singers. Yeah. It's just a COVID project, if yeah. you like. We cool. had some songs that we didn't want to release, mm-hmm. but we had them anyway. So we asked, we just sent the songs out to people. And we sent it out to Dennis because he became a dear friend over the years. That's and great. He was the first one to say, yeah. So then you tell everyone Dennis is on it. Mm-hmm. So we got Lizzie Hale and we've got Neil Fallon from Clutch and we've got the, the guy from Monster Truck and the guy from Blackstone Cherry. So mm-hmm. it's a cool album that we did. But yeah, there, it was feelable there too that in that project. like mm-hmm. Everyone was kind of singing about it and we were like talking beforehand, before the recordings. We were talking about this a lot too. How, how weird it is to be what, what we are, yeah. you know? And how to have nobody be really be able to relate to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. everyone feels the same way. It's like yeah. the question, like, where are you from? It's like, <laughs> how, 
Oh, where do How I do start? I explain like, it to yeah. you? I speak a couple languages. Yeah. I, I can tell you every good toilet in, in Milan. I can. <laughs> I know. I know. You can all, I know all the vegan hotspots. I you know. I know yeah. exactly what to order at Starbucks that you can get the most out of it, the smallest <laughs> amount of money. I, yeah. You know, I, I can do That's all that. That's Yeah. I don't know if that in your eyes is any any like good like yeah you know right. that's it's a secret handshake stuff man yeah it's, it's just that it's just it's good being part of the club yeah. Yeah. Handshake it's a secret stuff. handshake it is sure. it is yeah that's what my that was always my favorite well still my favorite part of traveling but my favorite part of touring was where's the vegan spot where's yeah. the best you know yeah. where's the best place to eat in this town and yeah that, that is a good segue to you i mean klaus there's in the skateboard world there's a there's a couple of us there's not a lot of vegans, but um, yeah, how did you arrive to be interested good ones. in that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. How, how did you come to veganism and and um, yeah, what's what's what it's, was your interest in that? A lot to do with my life, um, but it's definitely an experience that we both went through mm. together. Um, I can't pinpoint the exact moment, but it's probably passing a slaughterhouse in my yeah. hometown, yeah. making the decision that we don't want animals to suffer because we feel like we want to eat their ass. Yeah. Um, and it's happened when maybe she was 20 and I was 24, so mm. a long time ago. I was 17. 17, so <laughs> even earlier. Yeah. So I was then 20. 20. So yeah. yeah, so much earlier than I thought. Yeah. So I've been a vegetarian for 39 years and vegan for 10, 15, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not yeah. even sure. But Finn has never had meat in his entire life. And we together once just sat down and he said let's all be vegan my wife said yeah finally and i had tried it a few years before yeah. but it's like if the family if someone has to cook two meals just mm -hmm. to make everyone happy that's also not a good well, thing these yeah. days i mean these 2022 days, it's, it's incredibly easy I, I, yeah. yeah it's I, like we had scrambled eggs the yeah, other day yeah. you know it's like yeah. <laughs> Well, and you're in like, Southern California too. It's it's uh, that makes it a bit easier too. But uh, I mean, I went vegetarian in '92, and I came from a non-vegetarian household. So, like you say, well, my here, yeah. my mom was like, "I'm not making two meals." So it made me learn how to cook. Yeah, it made me learn how to feed myself. We I never was, cooked before. Yeah, my wife and I. Yeah. and then started buying whatever early products that were out yeah. there. They had like a tofu, yeah, uh, uh, a sort of sausage thing, yeah. and we kind of. The, the different dishes we made just out of that one product sure yeah yeah to now go into a supermarket and basically buy maximum one percent of what's out there because yeah. there's so much not even a supermarket but fast food restaurants yeah, here i don't know how it yeah. is in germany but that's I a mean, great thing you go to same, del taco same. you go to carl's jr right. and get i think vegan, i think you know, i think nuts. that on that topic i think now europe is is even further because it's like sure you can't eat mcdonald's is like yeah. advertising big time they're yeah. all like vegan yeah burger king now has this whole Ad like company, mm -hmm. uh, how do you say it? Um, um, campagna? Campaign. A campaign, campaign, yeah. Sorry. Mm -hmm. no, yeah, uh, yeah. A campaign out in Europe where it's like you can order everything, like everything yeah. they have on the menu. Yeah. You can have a plant based yeah. version of that. That's, right. So that goes on and on. But in, in the supermarkets too. But I think the coolest thing that's happening in Germany, the biggest slaughterhouse or meat mm -hmm. company, the way you want to call it, has started doing some vegan products. Mm -hmm. And they started selling so good that now they got. All of the product line, and also a vegan version of that. Yeah. And they now just released the news that they are selling way more of the vegetarian sure. vegan options yeah. than they are selling meat. Yeah. And if that continues to grow, they will stop making any meat product. This yeah. is the biggest meat company in Germany. It's crazy. Any meat product in the next two wow. years. Yeah. 
That's amazing. I started when we started. And that's Germany, oh, the supposedly meat country number one. Yeah, you yeah. think? Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, not anymore. That's and then great. These days, Happy Cow is the app that I use sure. for more tour. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you're somewhere in freaking, I don't know, Mississippi or yeah, or and you can Alabama find somewhere thinking, to eat. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, what are we gonna yeah. eat? Like they're gonna yeah. kill us if we ask <laughs> if this is even vegan. In my we day, don't. it was uh, Denny's. It was French fries and garden salad. Yeah, and you'd stop they now have they now have Beyond Burger and Denny's. So we're in the middle of. What's like West Texas? Yeah, and yeah. and you're thinking, oh God, this Denny's too? Yeah. No, this Denny's <laughs> doesn't have that. It's all like cowboy hats, and they're right. going there. And this lady goes, we're like, what happened to Beyond Burger without the cheese, please? Yep. And she goes, yeah. without the cheese, <laughs> nobody ever ordered burger without cheese in this restaurant. <laughs> well, and you know, I'll say every every episode now. Just I don't know, our listeners don't know this, but every episode we record. Bo brings us vegan donuts. Hell yeah. so, uh, and they were awesome. Shout out yeah, to Bo for, for supporting our... Uh, shout out to Debbie's Donuts in Long Beach. Thank you, Debbie's yeah, Donuts, for supplying us with quality uh, <laughs> breakfast of champions. But uh, yeah. No, it's great. It's, it, it's gotten easier. It's gotten less stigmatized. And, and you know, I'm, I'm all for all the advancements. You know, that's, you know, I was on a motorcycle trip a couple summers back, and I'd never find myself going to a Burger King. But like right. you say, if I'm in the... The middle of nowhere, I can at least know I can go grab an Impossible yeah. Burger and feed myself. Whereas Hell before, yeah. it's like you know you're just loading up on extra bottle of water and chips at the gas station, yeah. you know. So yeah. eating raw bell peppers like <laughs> apples. <laughs> but when when we started out being vegetarian at first, it was really just for the ethical reasons. Yeah, like we didn't want anyone to suffer because yeah. we feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's been definitely the reason why you know. You're not eating meat, but yeah. the nice thing about the modern day veganism uh, is the health factor of it all. Yeah. Look, I'm almost 60 now, yeah. right? I mean, in January I'll be 60, so I've been eating healthy a lot. Yeah, you know, I'm making sure I'm getting my greens and mm-hmm. and all of that. I kind of avoid the like today was an exception with the donuts, and they were really good. Sure, I yeah. try to avoid the sugar as much as I yeah. can. Yeah, and his his recovery time is insane. Like, yeah. He would, we were shooting a video out in Yucca Valley, he, like, three, four years ago? Four years. Four years ago. Four years ago. And um, he got, while we were shooting out there, he got hit by a truck. It was a hit and run. Right, yeah. Bicycle? We want to get into this. No, a truck. But were you on a bike? No, I was just on the side of the just, road. Just on I filmed them. We had a group of people. We had an actress mm. who we've done a lot of videos with and a... Uh, a guy who was technically making sure the motorcycles are working, mm-hmm. etc., and who he built one of the bikes with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Alan and Makers Moto in Riverside. Nice. So we had a group of nine people, but they were all in, in Pioneer Town. Mm-hmm. And we I were wrote, gone for ten minutes. I mm-hmm. left him alone for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I he gets hit by a never truck. Done that. <laughs> I wow. filmed. I filmed this girl going downhill. Like I was on one bike filming the girl going down. I ended up on the bottom of the hill. The weather and sun was much better down there. Mm. But there was no phone reception. I wanted to call you and say, "Come down here. We'll we'll continue filming here." But you, I couldn't reach you. So I told them to go back up, get everyone down. I'll wait here. Yeah. I looked in. I knelt down <coughs> about ten feet away from the street. It's kind of a desert, but there's sure, a street. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at my footage. That's mm. my last memory. And someone mm. hit me, and I broke ten. Somebody ribs. must have gone off road. Yeah, to someone hit him. went off road to hit me, and, and then left. And uh, I woke up in hell. I forgot complete. I'd forgotten about who I am. I've been unconscious a few times mm-hmm. uh, from skateboarding, but yeah, you right. sort of get to the point and right. realize who you are pretty quickly. This time, I had no idea. 
Wake up in the hospital? No, no, no. Or on the the road. A German lady Mm. found me. Really? Which is insane. Which is insane. She talked German to me. I talked English to her. I I didn't know what was going on. Mm. I was in hell. I broke 10 ribs. I Mm. broke my my number one vertebrae. Mm. Nine Uh, vertebrae. Well, no, I broke off nine pieces of the vertebrae. It's sort of dinosaur wings, whatever you call them. Some doctor is listening Mm. in. He will let us know. But they're still floating around in the muscles somewhere. I tore both ligaments in my left knee and I punctured my lung mm. so I woke up pretty much like I was when I was breathing it sounded like a flute like that you know and then so and then the boys came and and I was you know taken to the hospital and everything and it was just terrible I was convinced that that's the end of that mm. my first hour I was like I'm gonna die because I kept you know going yeah. unconscious from all the pain and stuff then when I was kind of able to hold on to it a little longer, I thought, no, but you're going to be in a wheelchair from now on. Mm. And then the next morning, mm. and I had some examinations, and it was tough, but the next morning, some doctor came in who was overworked and in a bad mood, and he's like, yeah, so apparently you're like in the top three of lucky people this year, and you broke your vertebrae, but <laughs> said in, the, in, the spinal, in, the, in the spinal cord canal, but... Mm. Apparently you have like skater instincts and you know, you don't look it, but you used to be a pro skater and nothing was like affected. You're yeah. good. You're going to get You're up not going to need an operation. Yeah. You also mm. screamed so loud with your working lungs that the, the uh, um, ribs are kind of back in place. You're just going <laughs> to be here for 10, 11 days Ugh. and you'll be fine. Have a good day. Oh, oh my I was like, God. wow, thank you for <laughs> could have like the could have could have been delivery little, could have yeah. been a little friendly. <laughs> a little better a little better bedside man but it was like a, it, it was, was funny though he had a happy moment he, he, he had some compliments in there he he was throwing some oh yeah yeah but he was like he was a Greek doctor little backhanded like, Mr X pro skater nice. apparently yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And a, but three and a half weeks later I was healed up and they didn't know how and why I'll tell, and ladies and gentlemen my, that's the power of veganism. I, so. I told him, and he said, tell us about you. What are you? Why are you healed they had, up? They had doctors, like, they x-rayed him. They had doctors, they like, m- multiple doctors mm. had to come in to, to, to like, verify what they're seeing and, yeah. and verify the yeah. dates. Yeah, they were like, the, she, the they first never doctor didn't that. know me. And they, she looked at the x-rays. She's like, you're fine, you're good. Start the PT tomorrow. Take mm. the brace off. You're good. Let's go. And she left the room, and she turned around. And she said, eight weeks, right? I said, no, three and a half. She said, wait a minute. And she took another doctor and another doctor <laughs> to look at my x-rays and to feel my back. And, and they're like, how? What happened? I said, what, can, what do you mean? They go, what's your, like, what's your story? I'm like, I'm a skateboarder and a, a musician. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Yeah. I've never had a drop of alcohol. I don't take any drugs. Yeah. I'm a vegan. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we have three of you every year. <laughs> Well, what do we do two. with this knowledge? Yeah. Go to the schools with That's the McDonald it. truck parked outside. Yeah. Yeah. They're not gonna really want to listen in. But yeah, I, you know, I a month after the accident, I was on tour with them in Europe. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like. They didn't let me carry anything, of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I was crippled. It's still impressive. I wanted, wanted to, to, but I couldn't. But if I'm clean shaven, I get questions about how old I am. Yeah, and, I can see. And that. I say, you know, I say you're not gonna like the answer. What, how old are you? How old 40, are you? Forty-two. Yeah, yeah, see, that's amazing. That's and and, and I, amazing. I say, look, sober, never done drugs, there never drank, and I've been yeah. vegetarian for nearly thirty years. No one wants to hear that. They want to hear that thing. you can live crazy. Look, it and, works uh, for me. Fountain right? youth is real, man. You know, I'm totally okay with whoever's listening in, whatever your lifestyle is. Of course, yeah. Just absolutely double. You know, question yourself. Are you? Is it working for you? 
right. And yeah. what I'm talking about here, what we're talking for Finn and I, this is working. Yeah. We're happy this way. Yeah. We're doing good. It got me out of a really bad situation quite quickly. It's crazy, man. And um, yeah. it, to Finn, it wasn't a positive experience because sure. he saw me lying there and it was yeah. crazy for him Absolutely. having to make those phone calls and getting stuff done in the background. But for me, yeah. funny enough, I still see this as a very positive thing that happened to me. Yeah. I found out a strength that I didn't know I had. Yeah. Right. It's like I can't explain it. It wouldn't. It would go into fields that I don't even think is worth talking about. Yeah. I'm not a religious man at all. Yeah. I really am not. Yeah. But uh, it's something that happened that sort of like, oh wow, okay, I got out of this. Yeah. I don't know how, but I did it. I feel like we could probably do six or eight volumes of this, but I also feel like that's a really great place to maybe uh, to wrap it up right there. Is I know. <laughs> yeah. I do think we could do a lot of volumes uh, on this. I know you guys have already I'll come back us... next year. And we'll yeah, do part two. We'll, well, let's do a follow up. I know we've we've kept you here, uh, God, a good couple hours or more, but uh, that's fine. Um, this even beats Roger Hickey's. Yeah, it might. Episode. Yeah, I mean, I I can't think. Shout out to Roger. Enough. I have your downhill board. Yeah. Let's skate. He was episode number two. It was a good one. Madrid. A lot of right? stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah so Madrid, a pink yeah. one. First pro yellow model. print yeah. on. I yep. still have it. It's been a pleasure, man. Like oh, I say, here. we could Thank keep you here guys. for another two hours uh, right. while we're on air. I mean, if there's anything you want to plug, shout outs, your music, your where anything to find that you, you do, where to find you on social media, please throw it out now and let us know where to find your, your music, Finn. My name is Finn, and I'm the singer, guitarist, and the picture books. The mm -hmm. band is called The Picture Books. How are you going to find out what we're doing these days? It's the easiest thing ever. You Google it, you YouTube it, you Instagram it. I don't care. We're out there. Find it, love it, see you at the show. Nice. I'm, I'm Klaus Grapke on Instagram. It seems to be the platform I'm most yeah. active at. Facebook is kind of fading away, I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, the picture books, that's also sort of like, that's what I do now. Yeah. So most of, you know, if you want to see where I am, look look up what they are. I, I'm going to be You're right there. there. Yeah. Other than that, Bo, I love you. Thank well, you so much you for too. your friendship over the years. Thank you for the nice words in the beginning there. Of course. And, of course. and thank you guys for having me. Thanks to Madrid Skateboards. It was the beginning of all the good stuff that followed. Everything else before it was a nice prelude, but that hmm. Madrid was the first ones to really put the money to the table and say, let's do this. Yeah, so cool. I'm forever grateful for that. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. And he has a reissue on Madrid, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. We just brought back the Madrid Klaus Grabke model in a special, very limited glow-in-the-dark colorway. Yeah, so you can find that, that madridskateboards.com. Cool shirts, too. And as a matter of fact, we've I got know. some tees with Klaus's artwork. And uh, thanks, Bo. Thanks, Klaus and Grabke family. <laughs> Uh, you can find us at the Madrid Boardcast on Instagram. You can find Madrid Skateboards on Instagram. Uh, and you can find us wherever your favorite podcast stream. Uh, that's it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Really Thank had, you guys. Had a good time. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Guys. you.